starting from the top. Yes, we should be live and we starting from the top. This is take two. Again, apologize, but take two, we live. Black African power was good, was happening, well-organized lie. Defeats a disorganized truth every time. Woo-hoo-wee. Man, y'all already know what it is, man. It's God killer in the house. Yeah, what's good, family? Oh, now we back. All right, man, got my man, Woo Woo. Woo Jai, what's good, man? All right, peace, Black African Power. Again, <laughs> this is take two. Yeah. <laughs> Repeating ourselves. But yeah, I want to say peace to the family, those who have tuned in. Uh, again, apologize for, for the first um, technical problem. Hopefully we got a green light all, all the way through this time. So yeah, just want to say peace and um, looking forward to interaction because that's uh, you know what I like to focus on. See where people's minds are, see where people's heads are at. Uh, don't always want to just lecture and dictate to people. Want to hit, get some feedback, some immediate feedback. So I'll be watching the chat and um, monitoring the comments and seeing what's, what's good with the questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, we want to, um, y'all see the title of the show, man. You know, how you uh, correct elders. Um, we kind of want to get uh, uh, some clarity on the situation. Um, and... It's, it's, it's like the pseudo is going to be pseudo. And what we can do is proper tools so that, you, so that you can distinguish for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, run and do whatever they're going to do. Uh, I'm at argument. They, 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 they don't stay to the point. You know, it's just crazy. So I explained what I was saying. Start off with job with those definitions for us. Uh, correct the elders. How do we correct the scholars? Um, and I'm seeing this. Uh, this. All right. So. Our question, elder scholars, people feel a way about elder scholars or scholars in general uh, being corrected. Um, they shouldn't, but you know we do that happening. And then there um, is a political fallacy. Fallacy, pretty high along with uh, the straw man logical fallacy. But this logical fallacy is called appeal to authority and basically i'll just read it says you said that because an authority thinks something it must therefore be true all right so um this is what people use uh in in their arguments when people are debating back and forth they will quote someone uh from a book or quote an author a scholar and because they quote it alone, then what they're saying must be true. And so that's not the case. And we have to be very careful about that. So I'm going to read on. It says, it's important to note that this fallacy should not be used to dismiss the claims of experts or scientific consensus. So in other words, it works two ways. Just because someone can cite a scholar does not make what they say true automatically. 
But at the same time, on the flip side, we can't use this as a logical fallacy just to dismiss what the person cites in their citations or references. Okay, so it works both both ways and we have to be very careful with it. But at, at the at the bottom line is that just because you quote somebody does not make uh, your argument true automatically or by default. We're all human. We're all prone to make mis mistakes and we are um, uh, we error and science itself is a self self-correcting um, endeavor in and of itself. When new data is learned, you have to adjust your your conclusions and things like that. So just to read on, it says appeals to authority are not valid arguments, but nor is it reasonable to disregard the claims of experts who have demonstrated depth of knowledge unless one has a similar level of understanding and or access to empirical evidence. Now, that's very important because when people cite scholars and experts, that alone doesn't make the argument true. But at the same time, you can't dismiss it. You have to address it or deal with it. And so what this is saying is that you can't disregard the claims of experts. Um, but in order to do so, in order to challenge those experts, you have to have a similar level of understanding and or access to empirical evidence. OK, so in other words, you have to actually um, be proficient in whatever it is that you're um, discussing or arguing against in order to actually go up against a scholar or someone who's already demonstrated their knowledge, their in-depth knowledge of a particular topic and subject. OK, and so this is this speaks volumes to um, Dr. John Henry Clark's famous uh, quote where he says, um, uh, what does he say? He said, uh, I only debate my equals, all others I teach. And so that kind of reflection is a reflection of what I'm just saying. Uh, you have to be at a certain level to even engage into uh, uh, conversations. Otherwise, sit down and be ready to learn. So he's saying, I only debate my equals, all others I teach. All right. So anyway, to continue on, it says, however, it is entirely possible that the opinion of a person or institution of authority is wrong. Therefore, the authority that such a personal institution holds does not have any intrinsic bearing upon whether the claim the claims are true or not. That's very important to, to keep in mind. And here's an example. Not able to defend his position that evolution isn't true. Bob says that he knows a scientist who also questions evolution. OK, so in other words, just because, you know, a scientist or know someone or whatever the case is, it doesn't automatically make your argument um, true or support your argument. All right. It's more to it than that. But on social media and, and things, we see people will commit this logical fallacy. You know, it's not always a logical fallacy because uh, you do want to um, cite experts. You want to engage or you want to uh, share the experts, what the experts are saying, what the scholars are saying um, and the arguments among the scholars. All right. Specialists, experts, scholars. Those are the people you do want to go to and do want to share their um, their uh, evidence, their data and whatever it is that they are arguing for and against a particular uh, um, issue. But that in and of itself does not make your argument true or false that so that's very important to remember okay it's not as easy as that we can't we can't microwave it so i wanted to start off with that definition 
or this or share this definition because our topic again is how do we correct our elder scholars okay so by reading this definition it sets the tone or sets the stage that one no matter who you are expert or not you can make a mistake okay um or you can be limited and only report based on your limitations therefore later on years later decades later new data is found new discoveries are made um, new instrumentation is created machinery etc etc that will add to the body of knowledge and force a change in conclusion which will render a previous scholar's conclusion uh, obsolete and so we have to have a way to correct that and to adjust and so therefore that's why we asked the question so how do we correct our elder scholars so that's what I want to share uh, um. I think you're muted okay so let me expound on that a little bit um so based off of the fact that uh science is and we talked about this earlier Abuja, science is really the study of uh, of nature and its natural phenomenon that's basically what science is uh to know okay um to know all there is and know about nature you know what I'm saying that's methodology coming from ancient Egypt. So science is the study of nature, uh, which is the study of natural phenomena. And what we do know about nature, nature does not stand still. Everything is moving parts. Everything is biodegradable. Everything is reusable. You know what I'm saying? It's in constant motion. And so that's why religion is basically stagnant and is stuck. But that's okay. You know what I'm saying? That's okay. Some religions are actually stuck, uh, specifically the book religions. And you can't just rewrite the book again. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, so science, though, being a study of nature, it has to be fluid. Nature changes and transforms over time. Things are different. More things are revealed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, more points are brought forward. So you might have a certain understanding on one, one thing, right? develop methodology around it by using the methodology, uh, come up with a uh, scientific uh, theory. I mean, we always talked about when scientists use theory, it's different from when we just chilling and we use theories, right? So come up with a theory based off of the observation, based off of the organizing of the available facts at that particular time, right? Five years later, right, uh, the facts change. It sounds very weird to those who aren't scientifically literate. Well, how could that be? I thought that was it. I thought that was right. No, nature changes. More things are revealed uh, are revealed to you. Better technology allows you to see more things. Let me give you a case in point. Let's just say an elder wrote a book, and he was talking about the solar system. Okay? And in the solar system, right, we have nine planets. Wrote that book 10 years ago. Now we know it's not nine planets uh, in the solar system. Let me give you some background on the solar system, okay? Uh, solar system, uh, you have inner solar system and the outer solar system, okay? And uh, in the inner solar system, there were nine planets 10 years ago. Now there's only eight, okay? Pluto is no longer a planet, 
All right, they put that in the outer solar system. It's a reason for that. And the reason why they no longer call Pluto the planet, because then you have to add in the other 100 exoplanets that they found. These planets, you know, when the elders was writing books in the 40s, the, uh, uh, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, we, it, we weren't aware of them, right? We didn't have the technology to actually see those planets right there. there was no way of knowing it. So were they wrong? You know what I'm saying? No, they was they was dealing with the available information on said subject. Most people listening to this pro our program right now didn't even know there's hundreds of planets in the sun's gravitational field because that that is the solar system. Those things are caught in the gravitational field of the sun. Hmm, hundreds of planets. Who knew that? These small exoplanets. We didn't know that. Now you got Hubble telescope. Uh, better technology. Uh, the longer you study nature, the more you learn about her, the better you get at it. Uh, you might interpret things a certain way. You learn a better way of interpreting things and understanding things, right? So we wouldn't call an elder just flat out wrong what he had, right? Because he was practicing science. And, and we standing on their shoulders, meaning the said elder, right, put us on game. Showed us what subjects we should study. We should study the cosmos. The universe. So we're studying that, right? And we're studying that because we're standing on their shoulders. Now, we wouldn't even be able to see, right, the fact that they're no longer just uh, nine planets in a, in, a, um, in a solar system, right? The Pluto is no longer that. We wouldn't even understand why Pluto is no longer considered a planet, right? If not for standing on the shoulders of the elders that told us to look at astronomy. You feel me? We wouldn't even know it. We, we, we'd be still stuck, like most people are. But see, we stand on the shoulders of some giants, right? And they pushed us in the, and they pushed us towards science. They knew that science was the frontier that we needed to be on. They understood that the, that the actual uh, foundation of what we're calling science, so it starts in Africa first. Egypt, to be exact, right? Where you get my, where modern science, did you know the blueprint for modern science is there? Of course, we had science the first million million years of humanity, according to UNESCO Book One, right? It talks about that we led the way in science and technology. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so early humans, right, had to have science. They had to observe nature and make decisions off of that. They had to study their environment to know what to do. If you're not studying your environment, you're not looking at the animals and figuring out where their hunting grounds are, what their territories are. You might wander into them territories and get ate, right? If you didn't have to develop certain uh, technology to defend yourself against certain animals, man, you're done. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so back to my point. We stand on the shoulders so we see more, right? We see more because there is more, because nature is constant. So, like, man, you was talking about Wuja. We were saying, you know, people think that science, when you say things changed, that all of a sudden is wrong. Right or wrong, Wuja? Yeah, that's what I was saying um, earlier. <clears throat> Excuse me. What I was saying earlier, that people tend to say that because science changes, that it changed because it's wrong. Therefore, because science changed, and because science changed because it's wrong, therefore we can't trust science and we shouldn't even use it. We should just disregard everything uh, associated with science and all the books and everything like that. This is this is 
what people are um, using. So, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. People are using that, the fact that science is self-correcting, that as if something is wrong, we should disregard it altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the outer solar system, I want to, I want the outer solar system is the, what's this, the uh, Cooper belt. I think you said that, didn't you? You said you added the belt to it. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. Dutch pronunciation, pronunciation, occasionally called the Edgeworth uh, Cooper belt. Okay. Um, so look that up. So, you know, solar system. Not so, you know, uh, what is the solar system? <laughs> you know, what, what was in a solar system, right? Uh, let me read the definition of the solar system for you for a minute. Solar system, watch this, is the gravitational uh, um, bound system comprising the sun and the objects that orbit it, either directly or indirectly. Of those objects that orbit the sun directly, the largest, um, the largest eight are planets see it's eight upgrade we thought it was nine with the remainder being smaller objects such as dwarf planets and small solar system bodies okay uh of these objects that orbit the sun indirectly the moons two are larger than the smallest planets like mercury let's see mercury all right so okay so there you have it so like i said was the elders wrong when they told us they were nine planets? We learned that in school. Remember that? Right? They never told us about the other hundred or so, right? And they're still finding more. So so science is fluid. And we're learning something every day because nature is fluid. So that doesn't mean that science is wrong, right? Because what, what the Nile Valley Africans say? They said what? They did find the idea of change. Did they not, Wuja? Uh, yeah. Yes. And... um. This may be hard for people to understand, but um, the deities of indigenous cultures are uh, for, you know, in part, they are what was most important to the people. They basically deified those things that are important. And they made, you know, they centered things around those things that are important. So, like, for example, if um, brushing your teeth was important to a large consensus of people and it was it was very important and, and was of high value they would deify that that uh act of brushing your teeth you know maybe a tooth or maybe a toothbrush will become its totem its symbol and this and that you know so we have to understand that these things were very very important um to people and they were deified and you know our concept of god is is a lot different than what those ancient conceptualizations of, of god would have been but yes uh in kemet uh, the idea of change, the idea of of evolving, which is what the word uh, evolve means. It means to change the idea of changing and the idea of uh, uh, becoming something that is that is um, transforming transformation and things like that was deified and it was called Kepper. OK, it is what what you see as the scarab beetle um, is represent representation um of that concept uh which is coming to being and all things in existence um comes into being from already existing and so there's a constant transformation every time you see an object around you can look around in your room and look at any object that you see every single object that you see is the result of a process 
every single thing you could you could see in your room right now is the result of a process and guess what that process had to have been successful in order for the object to exist to you right now and so this this process of becoming and then the final uh stage of it manif uh, of its manifestation which is what you are seeing or touching or feeling and everything like that you're observing and perceiving is all encapsulated into the word kepper which means to evolve and that's why kepper itself is also called the creator okay so i just want to make that clear that's that's what the the idea um uh one of the ideas a summary of the one of the ideas in uh, the nile valley Still there? Yeah, so I was just saying that was it. I was just saying that that was the idea, uh, you know, that was expressed in the Nile Valley, um, symbolized by the beetle. Um, we call it Kepper. And, um, you know, it has those kind of meanings to it. And it's, and it's just very interesting um, that, that, that what was could, could be considered a philosophy, um, a, a, a mental uh, um, that's a mental snapshot of the way our ancestors, uh, used to, you know, were thinking, and, and and the idea was so correct that you know they 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 pick it up. Charles Darwin and them pick it up. Like 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 the, the study of, of of human evolution, man, is really the study of change. You know what I'm saying? Of hominids over time. You know, I say it all the time that evolution is really the study of African people. And as they transform, you know what I'm saying, as they make their trek around the world and they transform into different environments for survivabilities, you know, so that the next generation gets you the age, you know what I'm saying, of reproduction. I mean, everything around you transforms and changes. So the fact that science uh, allows for this change in the body of work, in the body of knowledge, man, man, it's just mimicking nature. And that's why science is so important to our community because it mimics nature. It observes nature, it studies nature. You know, I like to say this all the time, God and nature is one and the same. And you can pick up on that and you can understand that, you know what I'm saying, man, you, you moving forward. You know, you getting to where you wanna get to with that. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's important to understand this. So just because something changes based off of more available knowledge, Man, don't mean you was lying. It just means nature has changed, thus you must change. You know, like the, um, Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> I guess I'm God occupied. So, no, yeah. I occupied. I'm right here, my fault. I I'm just making a point. Just because Mother Nature has revealed more to us and because we have developed better technology, you know what I'm saying? Like the human genome wasn't mapped out. Now the human genome is mapped out. Now we have more than, now we have, you know, a, a study of a DNA is a tool. You say this all the time, it's a tool. It's one of the tools we use uh, to get better answers. So <laughs> based off of DNA, everything is connected on planet Earth. The farther back in time you go, the more things you are connected to. You go back, Far enough, you connected to chickens. Yep. You go back far enough, you connected to monkeys. Yep. You go back 
fall enough. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you connected to worms. You connected to plant life. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me pause you. Let me stop you for a second because somebody going to take what you just said as a soundbite and say, see, told you I'm a rock squad teaches that we come from monkeys. So you got it. Right. You got it. You got to clarify uh, what you're saying right there, because that's what people people, you know, we could say it till we're blue in the face and people will still say that we're saying something we're not saying. So I just want you to stop you right there. So that you could back up and clarify what you were saying about the monkey. Anytime the word monkey comes out of Uncle Keck's mouth, <laughs> we got to pause for a second. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so all right. So what do you mean? Uh, so say that again. So what do you mean? You said the further back in time we go, we are connected to and then everything. We, right. You go back far enough, you're connected to the sun. Ha. You know what I'm saying? Is that a surprise to y'all? So we didn't die about the sun fully human, did we? No. You know what I'm saying? No, we didn't. You go back far enough, you connect to the fish in the water. Yeah. Good reference point for you. Get the book. You can download it for free. It's called Your Inner Fish. Your Inner Fish. Now, I spoke about monkeys. If you go back far enough, right, you share a piece of your DNA with monkeys. Okay, now let me let, let me show you something here, right? Go back far enough. Uh, you shared DNA with chimpanzees. We know that human beings and chimpanzees share ninety-eight percent DNA. Yep, ninety-eight percent DNA we share with chimpanzees. Now that two percent is like going across the Atlantic Ocean. That's a big gap. That's the difference between climbing trees and eating bananas, right? And chopping down trees, you know, disrupting the forest. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? With electric, with a gas, uh, uh, what they call them things, chop down trees, man? Electric saw. Saw, yeah. Yeah, that's the that, that 2% mean that much from driving a car and being stuck in the zoo. You know what I'm saying? Not being able to talk. That's a lot right there, right? But, so it's only, it's only one reason. See, there's only one reason why a chimpanzee and a human being was shared 98% DNA. Why is that? Right? Why is it that human beings and chimpanzees share 98% DNA? It's only one reason why living organisms share said amounts of DNA. That's because somewhere down the line, right, they share in a common ancestor. Understanding this and knowing what it was I just said, right, is based off your level of scientific literacy. Plain and simple. So if you do not understand that statement, right, then, then you know you need to work on your scientific literacy. If you go back far enough, right, you share common ancestor all the way back with monkeys. You go all the way back. So what? See, people get mad at the monkey thing. But don't get mad at the fact that you share DNA with the elephant. I don't hear nobody get mad at that. Hmm. Or the shark. Nobody's mad at that. But it's the monkey thing everybody take offense to. I get it. Racism, white supremacy said you came from gorillas and monkeys. They did that. So we'll never let them forget that. Right? But we're moving forward. Do not allow history to be a rock. Because history can be a rock. You can't swim with it. It drags you down. 
You got to mm. understand it, dissect it, understand where you came from, right? He who understands where he came from uh, um, controls his present. And he who controls the present controls the future. So study what I'm talking about. Don't just laugh it off as a joke. I don't know what I'm talking about because I do. Algae, all that, yeah, you do. That there's a universal ancestor to every every living organism. So whatever the, so whatever it was, we know the three domains of biology, right? We know what they are: uh, eukaryotic, archaea, and bacteria, right? And whatever this uh, universal ancestor was, right, as it transformed through different environments, water, uh, uh, oxygen-rich areas, non-oxygen areas, right? You know what I'm saying? It transformed to what we see today. So, you know, it's just very, 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 very interesting how scientific literacy uh, allows you to see the truth about what I would say. Watch this. Check this out. God. Remember I said God and science is one and the same? I mean, my fault. God and nature is one and the same. So if you really want to study God, study nature. What tools do you use to study nature? Science, observation. And so you gain knowledge from what? Studying nature or studying God. If, if, if nature and God is one and the same. So, I mean, it's, it's not hard. And where else can you learn from? What place is best qualified to learn from? Studying nature. Early humans studied nature. That's how we, that's how we hear right now. Studying nature. You don't even build a bridge without studying the ants. The ants, the ants make a bridge. You know, they 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 link onto each other and form a bridge across water. Rafts floating. You know what I'm saying? Humans watch these things. They mimic that. They mimic the behavior of, of ants. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the oldest building, the, the oldest uh, uh, oldest structures, right? Is built by insects. How old? How old are termites? Termites go back what? 300, 300 million years? Termites? They they building in mud. They building the first mud structures on Earth. Ten feet tall. You know what I'm saying? You can go to Africa right now and they air conditioned. How about that? The airflow go through it. Very interesting there. Early humans, they look at this. You know what I mean? They built, they start the, they watch, they watch the insects, the termites. They look at the building material they're using. They mimic that behavior. This shouldn't be as a surprise to you. Not that you think the sky cracked open and something dove through there and started teaching people. That's not how that went down. You know what I'm saying? A lot of mistakes was made. Put too much water in the, in the soil and, 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 and the mud didn't stick together, didn't hold up. Then you get your early master bars. Bury people in those. Then you stack them on top of each other. Then you go for that, then you build a stone. Right? Wasn't perfect, you, you, you built pyramids that was crooked, falling over. But this is through the study of nature. And those brothers and sisters in Africa, man, they did the best job of studying of studying nature, man. And like Wu, Wu John them always say, man, say, look, man, you go to said papyrus, all right? Was that the mathematical papyrus? 
the Ryan, the Ryan Mathematical Papyrus. Ryan Mathematical Papyrus, man. What does that papyrus say, brother Wuja? It outlines the um, correct method, which is the statement that is uh, the backbone and foundation for science and math today. It outlines the correct the correct method. What did it say? Um, it it basically the whole the whole thing outlines the entire process, but the but the opening lines basically say this is the the correct method uh, to know for knowing uh, nature all and all that exists and its secrets and so on and so forth. We uh we have other videos that we actually show it and actually break down the first line. Uh, matter of fact, I did one last week where I'm actually showing the um the line, you know, the the whole line and break it down each word. <laughs> yeah, well, well, see, there you go. So, but this is the thing now. So, so now that we've said all of that, right, to, to go back to the topic of uh, answering the question now. So how do we correct our elder scholars? What are the appropriate ways to correct our elder scholars? Because we just now discussed how science is is a self-correcting endeavor you know all scientists around the world they understand that new discoveries are made every day you know um in different scientific disciplines new discoveries are made every day journals are always written Journal papers are always uh written read critiqued reviewed etc etc all the time this is like a around the clock type of thing so the, so the question still remains so how do we go about correcting our elder scholars because remember by the time you write a book or an article, what you're doing is you're taking a snapshot in time. You're, you're creating a record in time. And so from the moment that you document whatever it is that you document, time keeps going. And so later down the line, new discoveries could be made or something else could be uh, known that you did not know, etc. That may render whatever you said in your documentation obsolete. May not even be the whole thing. It may be only a part of it. It may be a, an important key part of it that changes the out the outcome of your entire conclusion. So we have to understand that, and scholars do understand this. This is something that I point out that when you're when you're trained and you're conditioned as a scholar, you understand these things. So number one, real scholars don't get offended when their work is critiqued or scrutinized. Because real scholars understand and know that that's part of and the nature of being a scholar in and of itself. In other words, uh, that's equivalent of a football player getting uh, real upset for being tackled. You know, knowing that when you when you learn to be a football player and you're playing the game of football and you are in the position of running back, that when that quarterback hands you that ball. You best believe that you are going to be tackled. Now, you, you try not to be tackled, but if you're tackled, you're not going to be you're not going to flick off and, and, and get upset and, and, and everything like that. Why? Because that's the nature of the game. So so to be a scholar, the nature of the game, the nature of being a scholar is to be scrutinized, critiqued and and uh, checked, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going backwards now. So how do we properly uh, correct our elder scholars. So what, I, I want to read it one more definition before we answer that question. Well, actually, this is the first first part of the answer to the question. So I'm going to read a definition. 
because one of the first things that you should do when you're when you're correcting anybody, this is not this is not only for um, our elder scholars, those who are uh, past or present that we uh, revere and hold up high. OK, it's not just for them. It's for everybody. OK, so this is the first thing you have to do when you when you are engaging uh, information and you are trying to correct it or you feel that an error was made and that you're trying to correct it. You first have to demonstrate that you understand the person's argument. Okay, that is very important. You first have to understand that you understand what they're saying. Okay, and if you don't, you run the risk of a logical fallacy called straw man. Now, this is one of the most popular logical fallacies, uh, probably the most abused logical fallacy out there. It's called the straw man logical fallacy. And basically, the summary is. It says you miss it's when you misrepresent someone's argument to make it easier to attack. OK, so you, you basically are mischaracterizing somebody's argument or misrepresenting their argument. And then you argue against your own misrepresentation of what they said. OK, so I'm going to read it real quick. It says by uh, by exaggerating, misrepresenting or just completely fabricating someone's argument, it's much easier to present your own position as being reasonable, but this kind of dishonesty serves to undermine honest and rational debate. Okay, and here's an example. After Will said that we should put more money into health and education, Warren responded by saying he was surprised that Will hates our country so much that he wants to leave it defenseless by cutting military spending. Now, you see how that, that had nothing to do with what uh, uh, the example Will said had nothing to do with what Will said. So I share this definition because this is very, very important. This is this is one of the first steps you have to take when correcting anybody. You have to show and demonstrate that you first understand what they are saying. <laughs> OK, then you can proceed to go ahead and correct them, because if you don't do that, then it's no guarantee that you even understand what they're arguing. In order for you to qualify yourself to correct someone. Okay. Remember that. This is very important. I'm going I'm to I'm keep saying this like a mantra. I'm going to say this again. Um, uh, again and again. Repeat this because I see people violate this all the time. They don't even demonstrate that they understand what a person's saying. But yet they have so much to say to try to correct them. You know. And me personally. What I, what I like to do when I see it happen. I always pause, you know, uh, I pause the conversation. I say, wait a minute. Can you please explain to me what you think my argument is? That's the that's a that's an easy way to, to get things back in sync, you know, is to say, OK, can you explain? Can you outline my argument then? Because I want to I want to I want to know if you even understand what it is I'm arguing. OK, so anyway, not to be too long winded, but this is the first step in correcting anybody. Therefore, it applies to our elder scholars. So the question is, how do we correct our elder scholars? This is part of step the early steps. Step one. Articul mm -hmm. Articulate what the elder scholars are saying in the first place so that we so that everyone can understand that you understand what they're saying. That's step one. That's that's the early step. May not be uh, the very first step, but um, it's a step that you have to take before you even proceed to correct them. All right. So I just wanted to share that first. Finish. 
Yep, that's all. I just wanted to share that to, to set the stage because that's the beginning point of correcting anybody and therefore our elder scholars as well. Okay, so let, let, let me show you an example of this um, <laughs> straw man right here on our post. Let's come to the post I did on March 12th. Uh, it says, the world's oldest boat, 8,000 years old. This boat was found in Africa. Point blank, you're not crossing the Atlantic Ocean in this dugout canoe. Um, conclusion. <laughs> I said conclusion, a group of drowned Africans. Facts. So now, now watch this. I'm simply saying, because people make the argument that the Africans was the first people over here. Based off of DNA evidence and based off of available evidence as of 2018, because that may change now, and I know it will, right? The oldest fossils found that fossil found the oldest. Fossils they have of any human being may go back to 15,000 years. Maybe that. Right? And we can look up and get precise with it. Okay? So, last article that was read, article that was read, it talked about humans in America is about 120,000 years. Let's just take it to that. The point I was making here was that, okay, if they sailed over here, where's the boats, right? The oldest boat that we got so far is 8,000 years. We know the Egyptians were excellent uh, uh, boat builders. You got, you can go right to the museum with the boat of Khufu, solar boats that go back to about 2,500 BCE. You know what I'm saying? Seafaring vessels, like, like sailed the Mediterranean like it wasn't nothing. Sailed up and down the Nile like it wasn't nothing, right? So one talking about that. I'm trying to put the pieces together right here. I'm simply talking about an 8,000 year old boat, right? That ain't going, there's not gonna be no seafaring boat to go from Africa to North America. That's the point I was making. Simple as that. Wasn't saying that Africans didn't build boats wasn't saying that, you, that we didn't come here before Europeans. I absolutely said none of that. So you go right down the post, right, and watch how they jump out. What I don't understand is how people don't stay to the point. Now, challenge me with an older boat. That's all I'm asking you to do at this point. Give me something older. That's it. No one did that. They went all off course. And I know why people do that. They go to what they know the best, right? So, you know, I get this already. Watch this. Hold on. Raleigh, Raleigh Warner. Make you famous. They say, so one boat means no boats? Looks like we are reaching, not reaching. I'm simply telling you the oldest boat they found in the world. Right? You need evidence to support your, that how they said the more spectacular claim the more spectacular evidence got to be. Yeah, they say right? extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence and explanation. Yeah, uh-huh. And then you had to prove that the West Africans, you know what I'm saying, from Nigeria, that's where the boat is from, Nigeria, y'all can look it up, right? Actually sailed over there. We ain't gonna get that. Then you got Apollo Bay. He says, as smart as y'all, 
y'all are y'all are pseudo. How you gonna use the term that we coined and use it wrong? It say when it comes to North American history, uh, guest slave ships was our first ride over here. Hilarious. Who said that? The post had nothing to do with slave ships. The post had nothing to do with none of that. It was simply making people think and find boats old enough that would match it with the 126,000 year old claim. Hmm. Straw man arguments, man. Riley want to go on and say it's almost like they are happy being only slaves. How did slaves come into the conversation with that? But them two guys, what they did not do, they did not show me the archaeological remains of a seafaring boat that could have crossed from Africa to North America, you know what I'm saying, about 45 days. That's, they didn't do that. As a matter of fact, I challenge anybody listening to this podcast, right, to I challenge you right now, right, to show me an example of somebody traveling from Africa, you know what I'm saying, with an ancient style boat right now, I challenge you, show me that happen. Don't say the boat of raw, the European. You, you familiar with the boat of raw, Wuja? Only the boat of raw that's actually an actual boat of raw in Kemet. But no, the boat of raw is a reed boat the white boy put together and he tried to get it, use the canary currents to come over here. You familiar with that? I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, it didn't make it. Just to let y'all know that. It sunk and he went back and he tried to fix it and did it different uh it didn't make it y'all can look that up man that's easy work right there all right so man listen i i think where people are actually falling off is they're falling off on fine details and you know we talk about this all the time so you got to know eight thousand years ago you know most people in africa you're not even wearing clothes you don't need to wear clothes you know what I'm saying? Wasn't, but that wasn't the garb of the day. Wasn't wearing lambs, full skin. You wasn't doing that. So watch this. You talking about a culture shock. How about environment shock? You mess around and let's say they did make it over here. How many of them came? Did they bring their women with them? No. Who does that? Who jumps out and sets sail on the mighty ocean? You know what I'm saying? Bringing women and children. Nobody don't do that. <laughs> who does that nobody does that then if you did make it over here the weather gonna be totally different the whole the whole topography gonna be totally different you know what i'm saying if you get lucky and that'd be some hell of a luck to cross atlantic ocean you know what i'm saying on those non-seafaring vessels if you happen to make it over here through luck half of you gonna be dead no fresh water you're gonna jump right off the boat and get ate up by a damn grizzly immediately because you don't understand you never even seen a grizzly bear you don't know where the where, where the feeding areas are you know what they're hunting you don't know them. you ain't gonna you how about your food suppose you get here in the winter time no clothes you go from no clothes first of all you're gonna freeze on the atlantic ocean with no clothes on you're done let's get all that established you're done you're done right there. These are things that most people aren't even taking into account, Wuja. They just got you jumping in the damn boat on uh, uh, 
uh, February the 1st and making it to North America on February 28th. And it was all good. Man. So that's not to say that Africans didn't sail over here uh, in the 1500s, 1300s before Christopher Columbus. I've never made that argument. I probably can though, but I've never made that argument. I'm gonna let y'all live on that point until I start feeling like it. Hmm. Well, see, basically everything you just explained <clears throat> to me, see, it, it really is it's very, very basic. You know, to me, it's a, it's a basic communication problem whether it's verbal communication or reading comprehension. And it sounds crazy, but, I, you know, we have to really, really slow things down and get back to the basics. Because if people were just to slow down and read and comprehend what they're reading, and, and on the flip side, you know, it's not always the blame of the reader, but it's also a blame of the person who's trying to um, express themselves. So we have to learn some basics again. We have to really, really brush up on our communication skills. We have to articulate ourselves better on one hand. And then on the other hand, people got to really, really read for comprehension and not project what they think somebody's saying into what they're saying. Why don't people just read what the person says? We got to become better at expressing ourselves, but people just need to read what is said and don't, and don't assume and project. And the only reason why people started to do that and 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 it really becomes like a, a big thing now is because of this climate it's a very adverse climate that we have in the so-called conscious community where everybody's battling each other for for wits and egos and things you know people are battling um who's right who's wrong you know um people are trying to prove each other wrong or right and whatnot you know not for the sake of expanding knowledge but just for the sake of winning they just want to be able to say they just want to be able to say, all right, I prove somebody wrong. You know, that whole environment creates creates a, you know, a lack of comprehension. So we got to really slow down and people just need to read what was said. So I, I'm going to give an example uh, of something different that kind of goes into what I'm saying. Uh, that's a problem. So I did a Facebook post and I asked a rhetorical question. I made it known it was a rhetorical question. And I said. Um, the question is, why is it that the people who are proponents of the we are the first Native Americans, we were never slaves, um, all that, that whole crew, crew of people that pushed that. Why are those same people so adamantly against the scientific discipline of genetics? <laughs> why, why do they deny DNA testing? genetics period as a as a whole genre of science they just deny it altogether now that was a rhetorical question because the answer is is obvious because the dna results that come back from from this uh field of genetics speaks against their belief and so what happens is we have people who believe something don't have evidence for for their belief but then when evidence do show up that goes against their belief, they just deny not only the evidence, but they deny the whole scientific field that produced the evidence. And so we got a problem. We have a real problem among our people. We have a real problem. And then if you look at my post where I posted that, look at the answers. Look, look at look at the responses. The response because I asked the question rhetorically, but people answered and people actually said this out of their mouth, uh, typed it, I should say. They actually said that the reason why they deny 
uh, genetics and DNA is because it goes against our family records, our family history and oral tradition. That was one answer I got. It goes what? against it goes against D <laughs> DNA goes against family history and oral traditions. And then another response along the same line said, you mean to tell me that my own grandmother and my own family and my own tribes and whatnot, they don't know their own uh, history and stuff like that. But, you know, scientists are going to come and say something uh, else or whatever. Wow. And so these are the kind of responses that we're getting that are problems. These are problems, y'all. These are, these are problems. And I'm going to tell you, there's been many times where you can find this on YouTube. There's been many times where a family will think one thing about their family tree. Oh, my goodness. We and then do. and then the family members go get DNA testing done. Right. And then the results come back and they find out they find out that their family tree was not the way they thought it was. And then so they're surprised at first. And then when they go consult all their family members, they find out that, hey, there was some family secrets up there, up, up in the up in the tree. <laughs> there, there was some family. There was some cousins. Uh, 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 cousins interacting with each other, or or even you know people having ex ex what they call it extra marital um affairs mm -hmm. and yeah. and things like this and that they come to find out those family secrets, but they wouldn't have if they didn't get uh the DNA testing to kind of probe and really get it get into their family tree like that. So we have instances like that. So no, just because oh. your family. Just because your family believes something about itself does not always make it true. And 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 what reward would it be that if your family believes something about its about your family tree and then y'all go get DNA tested and the DNA test comes back and confirms it? That's extra rewarding. So 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 you know it, it kind of just throws me back that people would would deny a, an entire genre of science just to hold on to a belief system. So I'm saying that because along with the straw man logical fallacy, along with um, uh, people not just being able to comprehend what your arguments are and what you, what the issues of an argument are, um, we have an extra problem. We have a problem where people don't even understand the nature and power of evidence itself. If you don't have evidence, then you have to understand that you are handicapped. Period. Don't don't beat your chest if you don't have evidence. And and what we always say, we say demonstration beats conversation, conversation. every time. Every time. <laughs> exactly. Demonstration beats conversation. If you don't because look, let me let me flip it. I, I guarantee you now. Now, I don't think any of those people that commented are in the chat. But if I would if if anybody was charged with a crime, right, you get arrested, you're accused of a crime, you're charged with a crime. You're in jail, but you didn't really commit the crime, okay? But this is the belief of the investigator or the police. That's what they believe. They believe they got their man, right? Now, you would go the extra mile to find out any and everything that can prove that you were not connected to, to that crime that they're accusing you of, period. So now just take that logic right there, right? And... Let's flip it back to what these people are are believing. They believe what they believe based on no evidence and it's OK. But if I flip it back to my scenario, then that means the police and the investigator are doing their job perfectly fine. They believe what they believe with no evidence. They locked you up 
with no evidence and it's all good. So don't <laughs> fight it. Don't ever fight it. If you ever get arrested for something you did not do because the police believe one thing, don't even fight it. Why? Because you do the exact same thing when it comes to information, science and history. You don't need evidence when it comes for that. But you need evidence or, or you demand the police have evidence in order for them to charge you with a crime. So you can't have this double contradiction or double standards being applied. So I just want to I want to show that logic is inconsistent. So we, we really got to clean it up. You know, we really, really got to clean it up. So uh, I forget the name of the baby that they found and they extracted the DNA from. Uh, can we? I'm not quite sure the name of the baby, but. When people talk about that's not what my ancestors said. So let's look at the Native Americans for one minute, and I'll give you the name of the baby in a minute. Native Americans say that they always was here. We'll say it again. The Native Americans state in their stories that they always was here. So is that the truth? Obviously, Native Americans couldn't always be here because, because all human beings living today can trace their bloodline all the way back to Africa. They DNA. Yep, they get, can they not, Wuja, can they not trace their DNA back to Africa? Yes, that's definitely a fact. People have to really just embrace that, accept it, brace it, hug it, just hug it, just wrap your arms around that fact. Because. <laughs> I yeah. The hell with the fundamental shit. I'm just saying, excuse my language. I'm just saying they can trace their DNA back to Africa. So if they everybody can trace their DNA back to Africa, is the Native American story wrong when they say we always was here? Sounds like they was wrong, <laughs> but they're not. Let me tell you why they're not. They just didn't have the details of the human genome, right? But what you'll find in Native Americans, they have a particular marker that you find nowhere else but in America, but in Americas. I'm gonna say this again. The Native Americans, based off of their limited wisdom on said subjects, got enough sense to know that their ancestors always said they was here. And you know why their ancestors always was here? Because you got two populations that mixed and came together to form the Native American population. So they're right. That particular market you find nowhere else but on the continent of in the Americas. There you have it. But when we get you to find details, we find out, right, that those DNA markets had to come together, coming from Africa, to mix once they got on the Bering Strait. You know what I'm saying? To give rise to this particular uh, human that you find nowhere else on the planet. They gave rise to the DNA marker that you find nowhere else but in North America. You know, um, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to I wanna uh, add to that because when you make the statement that the Native Americans, what, what did Native Americans say again? Say it again. They said that they always was here. Okay, so now this goes into another thing that I, I focus on and I mention a lot which is context, C-O-N-T-E-X-T, -E context. Context, I can't stress it enough, everyone, that context is very important. Context is the mother and father of meaning, 
Okay, context is the mother and father of meaning. <clears throat> so if anybody says that anything was always here, we have to first qualify what what is meant by always, because number one, the earth itself was not always here. Nope. So <laughs> so so the word always has a has a limitation to it. It doesn't mean forever. So when Native Americans generally, those who who understand what they are saying, um, when they say they're all they were always here, as you said, it's relative to the context in which that story is is retold. It doesn't right. mean that it doesn't mean that they were all they were always here because human beings, Homo yeah. sapiens sapiens, were not always here, and, and here being the planet Earth, he, Homo mm -hmm. sapiens sapiens were not always on the planet Earth. Facts. So 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 it's relative. So so it's relative. So so we have to understand that. You know, we have to understand that. You know, uh, America itself wasn't even always here. <laughs> you know, the Earth wasn't always here. The Moon wasn't always here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the earth comes out of the sun. You know, the earth evolves out of the sun, but yet the sun is still existing. That's, that's for those people who say, well, if we evolve from this, then how come those things still exist? Well, everything came out, everything in the solar system came out of the sun, but the sun's still still existing. So that kind of kills that logic right there. But the point that I'm making, though, is that people have to understand context and we, and, and we can't jump the gun and want to argue before we have an understanding of the context. That's why it's very important that when you, when you jump on and try to argue with somebody, the first step is to is to reiterate what you think their point is. That's step one. That 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 starts the conversation off very very well. If you don't do that, conversation gets real ugly real fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just know the earth form from dust particles, man. One of the things we admire most oh, about the United God, States dang. is anyone oh, can be president with enough heart and determination. We'll put this article in for your national geographic. Oh man. Hold on. Shoot. Go ahead, Wuja. Let me find this article real quick. I just Okay, yeah. I was just I was just saying that I hope everybody understands what I'm saying. And you know, I'm looking at the chat. So so at the at the same time, you know, we don't wanna uh make this a long, drawn out uh, you know, session. Uh, you know, occasionally we're gonna come online like this and just kinda um trying to kick it but we want to uh interact so i'm looking at the at the chat if y'all have any questions uh for myself or the brother unk then feel free to ask i'm looking at the comments everything is um everything's pretty straight you know sister kaba hotep she is definitely holding it down boy she's uh uh advertising yeah hold up i do want to say that um the amon ross squad has been nominated uh for one of the categories at the sonetta tv awards uh, as a group, the Amara squad, uh, as a as a team, as a group itself, and then uh, individually, some of the members of the Amara squad have have been nominated for different categories. Uh, myself, I'm not. I've been nominated for um, in a category of Metal Nature Scholar. Um, so you know, uh, if you're familiar with my work, familiar with me, and everything like that, you know, support and um, and vote. You know, there's uh, others that are in the same uh, category. Matter of fact, Brother Jonathan has also been not nominated as a member. He's a member of the Amara squad. Uh, the sister Naya has been nominated in a category uh, related to psychology. I don't remember the exact uh, category title, but it's dealing with psychology. Uh, she's on the Amara squad. Um, 
uh, the brother Asar Imhotep is nominated in the category of, I believe, author. Um, something to do with dealing with author. But if you go to to uh, Sonetta TV Awards website, you'll see all of the nominees and the categories uh, for which they are nominated in into. All right, so make sure you definitely um, cast your vote and support. You know um, the awards. Um, uh, like the Black Power Awards, this awards uh, will just be a it'll be a you know another another um, achievement within our communities that you know where we get a chance to actually acknowledge everybody's works. You know we can have fun. Um, it's entertain it's entertaining entertainment, uh, the whole nine. You know so um, I feel that everybody should support this just like they supported the Black uh, the Black Power Awards and any awards that we come up with. And, and, you know, the second annual, third annual, fourth annual, whenever they come as well. So, but, but remember to go to the site and, and, uh, and, and vote and support, you know, it's all good. Yeah. We got a chart right here for the, um, for a diagram showing the genetic timeline of native, native American population. Okay. Are, you able, are you able to share your screen or, or is, is it uh link? Yeah, I'm going to share the screen. Hold on, man. Like, y'all, I mean, shh, man, look. You know, sometimes I just don't be feel like beating the brakes off of people because you get the brakes beat off you. You know, I'm going to let you know right now. Anybody can get it. Africans, Americans, Mexicans can get it. Trust me. Man, let me get that. Hold on. I didn't see the screen share button. What is that? The bottom, right? Where the screen share button at? Uh, should be. Oh, no, I don't even see it. It should be on the bottom unless you move this. It's like a toolbar. Oh man, I know the toolbar. I don't even see the toolbar. Wave your mouse around, It'll probably show back up. Disappeared. I can't even see the screen no more. <laughs> uh oh. God dang, how I disappear, yo? Man. All right, well, while you find your way around there, let me just- uh, I found uh, it, I found it. it. Okay, just want to reiterate, you know, the Sonetta TV Awards, uh, make sure you cast your vote. Go to uh, SonettaTVAwards.com. Uh, you'll see a list of the nominees. You have to actually register to the website uh, first. A couple of people, you know, were having problems and issues with it. Um, but I believe you have to register to the website first and then you'll see a link that says cast your vote. You know, you register, an email will be sent to you to confirm it, confirm your email that you're a real person. And then you um, go back to the site and you're able to vote. All right. So, again, uh, there's multiple categories. Uh, the Honorable Squad is a group and there's several individuals that are nominated um, as well. Um on the on the on the group uh myself i'm nominated and uh as you can see on the screen hopefully you all can see the screen uh because you know some people you know me personally i'm i'm a behind the scenes person so a lot of people may not be familiar with me um in terms of you know me being in front of the camera uh i don't have a lot of camera time you know i'm not a person that that is uh you know that's not my that's not my thing really i'm a behind the scenes person i'm a i'm a teacher um and I like to stay that way, you know, kind of behind the scenes. So, you know, I just uh, put this picture together so people that may have heard about my name and have uh, dealt with me in, in an indirect way, they can get to know uh, the things I focus on and what I've done and things like that. All right. So.
you know, make sure you uh, spread the word. If you're familiar and, and you know you're familiar with my work or whatever the case is, then you know I appreciate your support. But all right, so I believe Unc has the uh, the site up, so let's get that uh, shared on the screen. So you ready? Yeah, yeah, I got it up here. They're gonna thank you. Man, they just commercial to death now. You just ain't gonna get a chance. All right, right here. I can't even get the daggone thing on the screen. Just like I said, right? The formation of Native American populations. Right there, you see it, the root of it, right? The top of it, that's, that's Africans, right? Then you see branches starting to branch off. Ancient North uh, Eurasians, uh, East Asians, right? Uh, 40%, 60%. Um, they have a breakdown. I don't know, y'all can see it right here. Okay. All right, then you got, uh, this is about 26,000, 100 to 23,900 years ago, right here at this point. Get the Han Chinese, 60% DNA, come here, look. So that blue will be with that Native American population. But watch how this break off right here. Watch this. All right, see it, see it connecting. Right, come down here to ancestral Native Americans, right? Then they split off at 22,000, 18,000. Ancient Berengers, in case y'all didn't know, they didn't just walk straight across the Berengers Strait. They lived there for thousands and thousands of years. You know, people just don't get, you know, just say, I'm going to leave Africa and keep walking constant till they get to North America. See, y'all keep thinking that. You're talking 60, 70,000 years to get over here. Think about that. How long does it take to walk 60,000 years, Wuja? Uh, that's a that's a heck of a track trek trek because um, people got to understand that when you explore new territory and you and you carrying large bands of people, uh, women, children with you and stuff like that, the environment changes, the animal around you changes, da the dangers change, and you got to stay put for a while to establish yourself, and then you keep on exploring and things like that. People don't, you know, you know, we we have a warp concept today because we we're just oh. so we're just so uh used to things now we got air travel we got we got intercontinental travel you you can travel from pretty much where, anywhere around the world in an airplane within 12 hours yeah basically like a 12 a 12 hour air flight in the air will put you from any point of origin to pretty much anywhere around the world as a destination almost hold on Wuja, except and antarctica you can't cross over that Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm talking about livable. <laughs> I'm talking about areas. No, no, you can't fly over Antarctica. They don't let planes fly over that. Oh, right, right. Well, well, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. F 12 to 14 hours in the air. The where... earth is flat, so they don't let you, you know. That's what I'm talking about. It just be complete foolery. Man. Yeah. Anyway, this is the DNA evidence right here. You see that the insuit, y'all know who the insuit is. That's the Eskimos. All right. They possess brown skin too. And cold areas. There's a reason for that. And here's the baby. The Ambathicans. I ain't saying that right, right? Amp. Abasicans. <laughs> there you go. What's that? Uh oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you real quick. Uh, uh, maybe you can explain it. I'm seeing percentages on the on the chart, right? So what is like, for example, right up under it says ancient North Eurasians, uh, at the top. Up here. Mm -hmm. Right below Africans, it says ancient North Eurasians, but then it has 
forty percent there. Does so it? Forty percent of the ancient Eurasian DNA mixed with sixty percent of this DNA right here. Okay. Give you different different percentages. They measure this. Let me slide up. Man, why can't I get that slide up? I'll do this. All right, I just want to remind everybody I'm, I'm I'm monitoring the chat. So if you have uh, any questions or you know comments that that you know we wanna we wanna make sure that we have this interaction a bit and um, address some things. So I'm looking at it. I'm trying to keep up, but uh, yeah, go ahead, Uncle. I'm just. So I mean, you know, um, I hate the indigenous name right here. I ain't gonna try to pronounce that. Like I'm not gonna do it. Pronounce that, one, Joe. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. You could just, you just hit the mute. Just hit the mute, cause it's gonna play. Just hit, no, hit the, uh, hit the, yeah. Just mute it, yeah. That way, if it replays, it'll be alright. So, what were you saying? Uh, so, I was trying to bring out the indigenous name right here. Highlight in blue. Cantonese. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I, I will butcher that. <laughs> ah. So, I'm, I'm just saying that the point of the matter is, is that man. Y'all need to have some of them DNA markers talking that nonsense. Hey, pull where it. did go ahead? No, say when you when you. I'm sorry to cut you, but when you finish that, uh, if you could pull up the uh, haplo group map, the world map, and it shows the haplo groups and the migration that that map. Yeah, I will. Let me read it. It says genetic analysis point towards a divergence. That's the separation of all ancient Native Americans. Native Americans from a single East Asian source population somewhere between 36,000 and 25,000 years ago, well before humans crossed into Beringer, an area that includes the land bridge connecting Siberia and Alaska at the end of the last ice age. That means that somewhere along the way, either the Eastern Asian or the Beringer itself, a group of people became isolated from other East Asians for about 10,000, look at this, 10,000 years, long enough to become a unique strand of humanity. Isolated populations, things occur. That means no other genetics was allowed and it was isolated for 10,000. How long is 10,000 years? We only been over here for 500 years. So that'd be, that's another 9,500 years to go. Geological time. It's the hardest thing for people to even begin to understand, Buja. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm gonna shoot. We grab that article, Buja. Um, yeah, the haplogroup. group. Uh, there's a question, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm trying to follow up because I know we're not gonna be on here all night. So uh, it says, let me see. I'm trying to get to the questions. I think it's from Vortex Media too. Do scientists oh, do? Do scientists have any alternative theories to out of Africa, to the out of Africa? Yeah. And um, multi-regional. Yeah. But DNA killed that. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that that the answer is yes. There there are um, competing theories, uh, which you would think are competing theories for the out of Africa. But you have to remember that out of Africa has two, out of Africa uh, one. And mm -hmm. out of Africa too, yep. so so don't don't get those confused. Make sure you look those up. They're 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 two different things. 
out of Africa too is has is the dominant one because the evidence support it supports it the most and and as Unc just said the DNA when the human genome was mapped I believe in 2003 I believe it was or 2013 I know it's a three in there um was done that entire uh mapping of the human genome and all of the subsequent um research and things that were done after that uh fully supports the out of africa uh theory all right so the mitochondria um dna that's passed on from uh woman to uh female to female uh can be traced back to a bottleneck into a single origin inside of the continent of africa all right there's no getting around of that that's i'm just giving one example of of how and why dna uh has has changed the tip the ta the uh scales on the competing theories so the answer is yes there are competing theories but the uh out of africa 2 theory is the uh, dominant one because the evidence supports it mm -hmm. so here's the point so if 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 the black people call themselves the native americans because their ancestors said so stories so that's one bit of evidence uh we're not going to discount uh you know, Native American stories or whatever family stories. You know, we're gonna we're gonna enter that into evidence. So I like to see those 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 those, those black ancestors and their stories. I like to read them. Okay, their stories say they was here already. Never was come from here. Two, DNA evidence. DNA evidence is against you. Not gonna have that. Three, uh, paleontology, the study of bones. They don't have no bones. You know, everybody likes to likes to look at Luzia. So maybe we'll just do a show on Luzia. We'll get into that. We'll we'll, we'll show you we'll, we'll show you where you fault to add on Luzia. Right? Completely where you fault to add. So we got Luzia, we got fossils, you know, the bones, right? So the weight of evidence, the sheer weight of the evidence against the first people being over here as being African or sub-Saharan African will finish you off every time. I'm not even worried about it, bro. It's easy work right here, as of 2018. You know, so with that, you know I mean, I just want to make it clear, man, there is a way. Oh, you never read, you never even got into the book that the statement that Diop's made and 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 uh, Theophile Banger made, you ain't want to do that? Uh, I mean, we already so far into into this, we could, we could save that for another show. Uh, okay, all right. So, you know, I appreciate everybody coming through, man. Got a few people in there, man. Um, yeah, I'm trying to make sure. Huh? No, I'm trying to make sure that the uh, brother, um, you know, like I said, it's about interaction. So I gave the, I read the uh, question and gave the um, answer. So I want to um, see what the brother's response was. I don't see it yet. Oh, go ahead, though. Uh, you know, I just want to say, um, you know, shout out to everybody. Mel in the Nation, the Sister Kaba. The show, that's my man, man. Go check that out, man. It's the show, the show, it's the show, it's the show, it's the show, it's the show. Y'all go check him out, man. Because it's serious with that, man. Make sure y'all check that out, man. All right? Catch up with that. You know what I'm saying? And with that, man, I just like to, you know, uh, you know, say him out. Uh, Feel well. me? You want to add something with that, Wuja? Yeah, cause uh, you, I don't think you didn't show the um, the Hablo map. I want I want to show that real. Oh, quick. you the Hablo map. All right, hold on. Let me see. Let me get that. Hold on. 
I'm gonna see if I have it. I think I have it. Okay, I have it. I have it. You got it. All right, yeah. put that up there. Okay, and now I'm I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna show. Okay, let me put this up. So give me a second, everyone. We're gonna show this real quick. Nice and easy. Uh, and this is, this is for, um, on the topic of Native American, everything. All right. So okay. So on my screen now, hopefully everybody can see it and it's big enough, right? And uh, please look at look it up yourself if, if it's not big enough. Look look into it. Just just type Google um, uh, human migration human migration haplogroups, and you know you'll see all these kinds of maps. Look at Google Images. All right. So anyway, what you're looking at right now is the Y-DNA human migration haplogroups. So Y-DNA is for the paternal line. Now, just a summary background is that every single person, uh, human being, you have at least three different stories that your DNA tells. Uh, one story is your paternal lineage. Story two will be your maternal lineage. And story three will be your admixture, your autosomal mixture. All right. So what you're looking at is only one story, which is your paternal lineage. All right. So now when people say that Africans were uh, occupied all areas of the world or we were everywhere, when people say those kinds of things, we were everywhere. Africans were everywhere. Africans populated, you know, the entire planet, entire world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The case, uh, uh, um, you know, when people say that, those kinds of things, the question yeah. is, is that true? And according to how we are classifying things, the answer is false. Africans did not populate the entire world. And the reason why that is, is because by, by the time Africans left, <laughs> left Africa, before they populated different areas of the world, they went through changes. We, we spoke about this earlier in the show. Change is constant. They went through changes. They went through mutations based on environmental pressures, uh, diet the whole nine, it started to uh, change their gene expression and so on and so forth. And they started to live in pockets of isolation from the other groups that they left. And so they could no longer mix back in with the groups, with the major groups that they left. And so they, they started to exist in isolations and they started to go through changes that the rest of the group didn't go through, therefore making them a distinct group. Okay. Yeah. So as time goes on, Africans leaving the continent of Africa, they become isolated in different pockets of geographical location. They go through mutations. They become distinguished from the original African group that they left. And therefore, they have their own genetic identity. And therefore, time goes on and on and on. And they migrate and move and move and move until they get to the destination. So what you're seeing on the map here is... For example, in South America, you see the letters Q3, the code Q3. That is a haplogroup, a paternal haplogroup, Q3. Q3 comes out of Q. If you look at the line, it comes out of Q. So, and then Q comes out of something else, and it can all trace back to Africa. But so the point I'm making is that by time the Africans got over to South America, they were no longer genetically African based on the original genetic footprint that the Africans had. So I hope I'm making this, this clear. So 
Africans left the continent of Africa and through time mutated. And those, and those mutations follow them until further mutations have take place until they reach their def destination. So by the time the Africans got over to South America, they were no longer genetically Africans with the same footprint or fingerprint that the genetic uh, Africans had originally. So the answer, yes. See that map? See Africa right there? Yep. Do you not see mutations occur on continental Africa? Yeah, the mutation that occurred on the continent. The mutation that occurred on the continent of Africa before we even left. Yep. All right, let's get all that straight. So when scientists speak in terms of non-Africans, they're talking about the mutations that, that did not occur on the continent of Africa. They're making the distinction. So you'll read papers, you'll hear them say Africans and non-Africans. That they're referring to geography, where the mutations occurred when they say that. I just want to make that, you know what I'm saying? So y'all get that. The point is, these different whole groups are transforming based off of the environment. There are different, there are different topographies in Africa. Different weathers in Africa. Different, you know, like if you broke out, if we broke out the skin color map, you'll see that the UVA rays, you know, hit different on different parts of Africa. So you know, you got these people just transforming over time, mutating. So, I mean, you know, I can't, I, I, I can only do but so much. Y'all right. got to become a part of the learning process at the end of the day where well, you got to study. You know, genes get activated by different environments, man. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, <laughs> genes is something serious. But go ahead, bro. I just want to uh, make, make note. Uh, matter of fact, we do need to turn on uh, that chat feature. Uh, I got to figure out how to turn that on. So maybe if somebody can... Uh, educate me what's, on that what's chat feature? there's a chat feature where where um while we're live um the chat is recorded and so when people replay the video uh back play it back they also see the chat you know what was said in the chat in real time i thought you already had it on no nah, it does it on facebook um i don't know if it's a feature that's automatically on but anyway i, I want to i want to say that we have um uh, and 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 don't even respond uh, <laughs> but we have we have chief holiday in the uh chat and we have a uh, kwame uh palavin in the chat and both of them are saying well uh, kwame palavin is saying that i am talking crap come on woo you're talking crap and uh chief holiday says that this is a lie you guys are too pseudo now this is the problem that i have right um you know whenever whenever we engage in a fruitful conversation you know i know that people are not going to agree at first you know, I'm, I'm a fully aware of that. But if you disagree, at the end of the day, you have to show evidence. If you don't have evidence to support what you're saying, and you have to know what evidence is, actually. We, we kind of talked about that at the beginning of our, um, of our uh, show as well. But support what you're saying with evidence. Demonstration beats conversation. All right. So don't just say somebody's talking crap or don't just say somebody's pseudo. Anybody and their mother can say that. Anybody can say anything. All right. This is about demonstration. Now, I know it's limited. We're on YouTube and, you know, we, we just kind of uh, kicking it and everything like that. But if you if, if you want me to take you serious, you have to be serious. All right. You're going to have to demonstrate. Now, th this is the thing. What I'm showing on the screen are 
haplogroup codes. These are codes for haplogroups. Haplogroups are codes for genetic uh, mutations. These are, are groups. They call them groups because these are groups of people, populations that share the same genetic mutation, the most recent genetic mutation, and they put a code to it. All right. So the haplotypes become haplogroups when you're talking about a population of people. All right. Um, there's no getting around this. This is something that um, all human beings have within their DNA. Um, we have mutations and these mutations are labeled and numbered and coded. All right. So I, I don't understand uh, how or, or what somebody could say that that what I'm saying is foolish or rubbish or whatnot. And it goes back to my original question in the group. I said, said the rubbish. <laughs> I said I, 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 I put this forward. I said, why? Why is it? that the people who push that we were never slaves or that we are the first Native Americans, we were always here in America, et cetera, et cetera. Why do those people, now not everybody, but why do most of those people all of them uh, say, uh, de all of them. deny, well, I'm not going to, I don't know all of them. So I'm just going to say, say what all I know. Of them I've heard. Right. So, that. so, um, most of the people say that, uh, they deny the whole entire scientific discipline of genetics. They totally ignore it or they totally deny that it exists or, or deny its effectiveness. And the reason why is one, they don't understand it. Two, they don't study it to understand it. Three, what they do think they know about it, it goes against their belief system and that's the, that's the a human psychological defense mechanism where you reject anything that goes against your, uh, your um, conditioned belief. And that's psychologically it's called cognitive dissonance. So a lot of people are suffering from cognitive dissonance when they uh, refuse to accept the evidence that's put forth before them. They won't even examine the evidence. They'll just say little things like, oh, you're speaking rubbish or that's full of crap or whatever. But they'd have no evidence, no nothing, nothing logically sound, no logical uh, consistency in their um, arguments or anything like that. None of it exists. So I'm looking through the comments and um and I still don't. <laughs> I might say black people got hair like wool. Ain't no damn hair like wool. What the? <laughs> oh, let's say the map is the aimless walking walking map. That's just nonsense. Okay. Uh, the Euro trash wrote and said, when they came here to Americas, the dark-skinned, woolly-haired people were already here. Yeah, man. Now, let's go Let's go backwards. Um, Chief Holiday says, even Rick Kittles told you that was racist. You guys are eugenicists. Uh, that, is, that is absolutely false. We interviewed Rick Kittles on our show. I posted up clips of Rick Kittles. What he was saying when it comes to haplogroups, he, he said he has a problem with the number of haplogroups that are in existence he said that the haplogroups themselves the most of human diversity comes out of africa itself and he said if you look at a haplo map haplogroup map you'll see that the majority of the different haplogroups are outside of africa versus inside of africa so he says in Africa, we only get a certain number of, of different haplogroups, but outside of Africa, you see a whole bunch of different numbers and letters. That's what he was saying was racist, not the fact that haplogroups are wrong or the haplogroups themselves are racist or whatever case is. He says he said that the study 
of the haplogroups and the categorization of them, it leans towards um, obviously the European um, um, uh, scientists who are examining and, 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 and labeling these different mutations differently more so than the ones that they find in Africa. That's the difference. So this, is, this goes back to what I'm saying. Comprehension is very important. Listening comprehension is very important and reading comprehension is very important. It's very important. All right. Reading is fundamental. And we know, Chief Broken Feather, you don't read. <laughs> you don't read, bro. Okay, and another and another let's dispel another thing. Um, Unk shows this all the time. Unk shows a skin map, right? <laughs> Brother Nahisi brought it up last time. The skin map. Just because you have a higher concentration of melanin because you live in a tropic area for the UV radiation to hit, hit you in this certain zone, which, is, which will be zone one, does not mean that you are the same genetic population as those in Africa. Yes, people that are in zone one will have a, a, a likeness in, in shade of skin in terms of the concentration of melanin. In their pigmentation you know brown skin and so on and so forth but genetically they're not the same population we have to understand that all right you have to embrace that okay this the color of your skin does not dictate uh the fact that if you are or not part of the same genetic population all right because case in point this is this may sound silly but you can get two brown skin uh men standing beside each other but only one of those men could possibly be the father of a particular child. And, and the only way you're going to know who's the father, which one of those brown skinned pe men are the father of this brown skinned child is through a DNA test. All right. So understand that just because you share the same skin color as someone or another population of people don't mean that you're the same population of people. Understand that. All right. Let that be known. There's no way of getting around that. Yeah, and ain't mine. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you know, like, it's crazy, yo. Like, these people never put up proof, man. Never. They will never put up proof. Never. Never. They will never do it, yo. Never. Have you ever seen them put, supply any proof of anything there, uh, Wuja? Have you ever seen that? I haven't. No, never. I have never, never. to this day, even when we had Chief Holiday on the show, um, the brother didn't even know about autosomal or admixture um, aspect of DNA, but yet he had so much to say about DNA. So I told the brother he has to do homework first before, you know, he could be taken serious. So, you know, me, like I said, we quoted earlier, Dr. John Henry Clark uh, says it best. You only debate your equals, all others you teach. Thanks. So so it, and it goes into you know our topic for tonight, which is how do we correct our our um, elder scholars? And like I said, step one would be you have to show that you understand what the what a person is saying you have to articulate that you under demonstrate that you understand their argument all right first and so and that comes with comprehension and that that that's a check and balance system that lets me know that you understand what my argument is in the first place before you can even imagine or have the audacity to think that you're going to correct me all right you have to demonstrate you understand me first all right. And so that's the approach that we take to the um, elders. This goes for anybody. All right. But no, 
I've never seen I've never seen um, evidence. See, it's just it's just talk. It's just it's just a, a, a um, inconsistent logic that's producing questions and things like that. Like for example, the thing that he just said that somehow haplogroups are racist. You know, that's like that's like saying rain is racist. You know, or whatever. Haplogroups exist. Mutations exist. DNA exists. Heredity exists. Lineages exist. <laughs> I want hey. See, say I say I go into the study. Damn. Say I go into the study. Damn, man. Say I go into the study to prove or disprove that the Africans made it here before the Europeans, right? I'm not gonna go into it with a preconceived notion. Right or wrong, Wuja. No, you can't. You're supposed to let the evidence, you're supposed to follow the evidence. Right. I'm going to follow the evidence, y'all. See, that's what y'all just won't do. Follow the evidence. Y'all won't do it. So I'm going to do a comprehensive study. Since y'all made me do it, you made me do it, Chief. Woo, 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 woo. You made me do it. Right. You made me do it. I prove to me that a population of Africans, all right, was here before the Europeans. Chief say you can't prove evolution. Chief, the fact that you live in proves evolution, you're a fool. Chief a fool, man. You're a fool, yo. <laughs> you're a real fool, boy. You can't prove evolution. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy, boy. Mm. All right, so so let's let's stick to this um thing. This this is what happens. Whenever you ask for um whenever you ask for evidence from from people that, you know, promote what they what they're promoting they always talk about what they don't have they don't talk about what they have and that's another fallacy that's you know a lack of evidence is not evidence okay so don't talk about what you don't have evidence produce what you do have of why you even think what you think in the first place don't pull the cart before the horse that's what a lot of people do they pull the cart before the horse they come up with a belief first with no evidence they come they have a belief and then they go look for the evidence and then if yeah. they don't find the evidence they just complain and make up a story and say somebody destroyed it when they never had it in the first place somebody either destroyed it or tampered with it, or it was a conspiracy the white man's doing this that and the third and whatnot and start crying when in fact you're at the very start you never had evidence in the in the beginning to have your belief it's just a feel good sound good belief that you latch on to and then you carry it with you and then your mind uh solidifies it and this is what's called cognitive dissonance cognitive dissonance is when is when you have to wrestle with a preconceived a pre uh belief a conditioned belief in your mind and you're shown evidence otherwise and and your mind psychologically your mind gets defensive and it will do anything to hold on to that belief to the point so much so that it will deny the evidence that's standing right there in front of them that's what a lot of people suffer from cognitive dissonance now i thought it was they suffer from retardation that's what i really thought it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah yo because i gotta keep saying the same thing over and over again and nobody ever puts any articles in the group you never where's the scientific articles on said information they never do it man they never do it bro 
Nah, they don't. And plus, let me just go over quick, quickly, quickly, because we're not gonna be here all night. So, uh, Kwame pa pa Palavin said, uh, "And you take their crap on face value because you ain't learned enough to do it your damn self." <laughs> all right, I read it that way because that's how the brother typed it, and uh, you know that's what we're dealing with. All right, first of all, we had an expert in the field, Dr. Rick Kittles who's an expert in the field. This is what he does. He went to school for the whole nine. This is what he does all day, every day as a profession, a professional. And by social standards, he would be considered a black man. He's an African-American black man. He's in the lab. He does the actual lab work. He actually sequences DNA. All right. So although we don't all have to be uh, experts, we consult an expert. All right. <laughs> So the idea of even fixing your, your, your fingers to type the fact that, that we uh, take things on face value because we're not learned, et cetera, et cetera, then, then in order to show and demonstrate what I am learned in and what I'm not learned in, you have to challenge me, all right? And so I challenge you to challenge me on what I know versus what you know about DNA and genetics. We could start there, okay? That's how you deal with that. All right. Anybody who wants to uh, use that as a, um, you know, a way out or whatnot. And mind you, all of this stuff is distractions because never, ever is any evidence produced for the argument. So what is the question? What's the what's the what's the what's the question? Um, remember, our, our title of our show is how to correct um, elders. So we kind of covered that. But it, but we kind of, you know, went off into this other topic because we're reading, the, um, uh, you know, the post inside the Facebook group. So. So the question about uh, Native Americans, what I just said was that by the time Africans got over here into the Americas, they were no longer African or had the same genetic footprint as the Africans uh, are on the continent. And the reason why, as I explained, is that as time goes on and as you find yourself in isolations from other pockets of people and the environment diet and the whole nine you go through mutations your genes mutate and these mutations are documented and observed and when they're observed they're giving labels and codes these genetic variations that that occur due to these different mutations okay this is what we call haplogroups you have an observation done on the uh, maternal line through the mitochondria DNA, which is its own genetic system in the body, passed from mother to, to uh, daughter, okay, relatively unchanged. It's, it's a non-recombining uh, genetic material. It doesn't recombine like your autosomal DNA does at, at conception when a man and a woman come together to have a child. Those recombine. Mitochondria does not. Your Y DNA or paternal uh, DNA, same thing, but it's passed down from father to son, the male, the paternal line. Okay, you can observe these two systems of, of uh, genetic material and you can observe the slow process of mutations and you can pick up these mutations and you can see populations of people who share the exact same mutation. There's no way of getting around that. And this is why people like that will deny the entire science of, gen of genetics because 
um, they have to ignore it in order to hold on to their belief that Africans um, populated the Americas directly. All of humanity, all living human beings on the planet Earth today are homo sapiens sapiens and their origins are in Africa. We know that we understand that. But through time and through space, geographical space, mutations have occurred and you're not the same. <laughs> Yo, say there's evidence of the uh, of the Yoruba visiting. Hold on. Visiting America's. Sometime before 1100 AD. Hmm. How'd they do it, bro? Give us that. Go ahead, Wuja. Give us that article so we can read that. Would appreciate that, man. Yeah, and by the way, anybody that's, that's, that's yeah, anybody that's in the chat right now, um, make sure that you are a member of our Facebook group because obviously, you know, we can't um, post things back and forth inside of a YouTube um, session, you know, so. Um, make sure you're a part of our Facebook group where you can actually post up uh, underneath the video any articles right under the video under the video advertisement for this video right here just post your links and you know we can have a good discussion um, and we could you know we could continue it's just not gonna happen yo it's not gonna happen Kwame uh, uh, Palavan look man you're talking that pseudoscience crap come on man like nigga we coined that Put it in the group, man. Put, give us your evidence in the group. I bet you, hey, we're going to do this show again end of the week, next week, and I'm notating. Kwame uh, Palavan, um, Vortex Media. Okay, um, okay, let's... Brother, brother uh, Yuhuru Drums for something. Please put that there. And Chief Broken Feather. What I'm asking y'all is to participate in the process man that's not fair to always make us give sources and evidence and all that and y'all best response is that's the science is crap that's not fair man because any evidence y'all have i guarantee you it has to have some basis in science uh this is what i want i want from vortex media too right uh he says according to unesco there is no genetic difference in human beings on the molecular level only phenotype so Vortex Media 2, what I want you to do is when you say according to UNESCO, that's that's a very broad statement. You know, that's that's like an ocean of things. So what I want you to do is cite that for me. Provide that quote for me where where UNESCO as a body of of whatever or whoever uh, in UNESCO said what you said so that we can so that I can look at it and then I can explain it to you um, and show you that. Uh, one, your interpretation of that, if it was said, is completely wrong. And then I can show you exactly what it said, if it even says it. All right. And I'll do that for you. But you got to provide for me because because as far as I'm concerned, um, number one, it's just not true. Uh, on a on a on a molecular level, only phenotype. Uh, you know, like I said, we had a geneticist on our show and we discussed this. A lot of this stuff we, we discussed you know over and over and over again and i don't think people really study to understand it so vortex media too that's what i'm asking of you in effect in i'm roscoe facebook group tag me in it when you post it post the reference where unesco says what you said not right? gonna happen, you know? now i got a screen i got a screenshot of your of your uh of your message right here now so so don't move the goalposts on me 
All right. Oh, it's gonna move. The goalpost and already left this damn stadium. Yeah, I want. I don't want you to move the goalpost. I want you to provide a citation for what you just said. All right. Now it don't have to be verbatim. I understand. I understand paraphrasing and stuff like that. But I want you to quote anything that's remotely cl close to what you said. Well, why? Why is it this, man? Why? Why is it? It is a lie. Suckers like you. Now we suckers. You must don't know why I got the name God Killer, yo. Cause I cuss fools out like you, man. Not gonna do it in the show, but I might. Nah, I mean, see, that's yeah. what they no. See, this is this is a trick. Y'all like to give them what they want sometimes with Wuja. No, but I'm not gonna do it, bro. Nah. I'm not, come on, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, nah. I'm not gonna do that. Nah, cause then then they own you. Do it, cause anybody can get it. Mexicans, Africans, African Americans, and fools like you can get it. Trust me when I tell you that. Yeah, but see, that's that's exactly what people do, and when they when they do it, and and we respond, any one of us respond that way, then they they have successfully controlled you and own you, and we gotta understand that. See, I don't I don't fall for that. See, my my philosophy is that I will not allow anybody to drive me crazy when I got the keys myself, you know, and so that don't that don't work with me at all. Like people could people could curse and say and do all that kind of stuff. I, I I'm just you know like where's the evidence because see that's a distraction you gotta understand i know man i know I it's two things no i know i know but no check this out and you and, and 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 i'm sure you experienced this right whenever whenever you engage in a very serious conversation with somebody or or it's a serious issue uh one of two things will happen if the person can't participate in the conversation yeah. one one they'll distract you with the ad homonyms or or try to throw you off right or two They'll turn it into a comedy session, a, a joke, jokey jokes and stuff like that. Though, because what happens is, and that's a psychological uh, defense, that's, a, that's a, a result, is that you, you, uh, it's a defense mechanism to, to cover over your shortcomings. You don't want nobody to know that you really don't know what you're talking about. So you got to change the, the conversation, put it into an area that you do know. You said this earlier. People will people will will divert the conversation into areas of of where they do have knowledge of and not leave it where it's supposed to be and just simply say, hey, I don't know. Let me research. Can you point me to some some journals, some articles, some books or some scholars that speak on it? Because I'll, I'll take some time to look it up, do this and that. And I'll get back to you instead of doing that. People will will, will do that. And that's what we're seeing. All right. It says, is what you guys saying a fact? Is out of Africa a fact? All right, man. The scientific theory. Uh, no, but wait, wait a minute. We got to define what a fact is. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Define what a fact is. Uh, uh, a fact is an actual occurrence, a happening, something that has occurred. So all facts are past tense. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's get that clear first. All facts are past tense. Because it is something that has happened or occurred. It's an occurrence. It is something that has happened. A happen, a happening. Okay? And so you're asking, is out of Africa uh, a fact? Now, when you say, is out of Africa a fact? First of all, you have to understand that, that out of Africa as just the idea of, of something or someone coming out of Africa. Then you have the, the theory, the out of Africa theory one and the out of Africa theory two. So be specific in what you're asking about. Are you talking about the out of Africa theory one or the out of Africa theory two or just the general idea of anything and in, in, uh, something coming out of Africa, coming off the continent of Africa? So you got to start there first before we can even get to try to answer your question. 
All right, because I already know where this is going to go. And, we, and, you know, we don't have time. It's like five more minutes that we got. What I have. It says quantify your question. It isn't a scientific question. Therefore, it isn't clear. When we rule Robin Walker. Um, no, I'm just trying to follow the. Uh, OK, uh, Vortex Media 2 says, what genetic footprint are you talking about? Oh, man, he brought that up. No, no, I, I, I mentioned genetic footprint. So let me oh, quick. Where's the, wait, no, we're not even we're not even listening to you no more, Lex. Where the hell is the evidence about from from uh, UNESCO? Wait a minute, you said Lex. Who's that? That's Lex Vortex. Oh, it says Vortex Media Two. Lex Vortex. All right, yeah, I don't know yeah. know them by their name. All right, so Vortex. Gain him on the show and beat the brakes off of him. The whole all right, but that's yeah, that, all that's irrelevant to this question. So he's asking me, so what genetic? Cause see, th this is the thing. Y'all have to understand. All right, we're the Amon Ra squad. Me myself, I'm a teacher. Most of us on the squad, we're teachers. All right. So it's not about you as an individual. Sometimes you ask a question. I will answer it as though I'm talking to the everybody. That's what I do as a teacher. So I'm going to answer this question so everybody can learn from, from the, uh, even if it's foolery, we, people can learn from it. So the question is, what genetic footprint are you talking about? I mentioned genetic footprint, so I'm going to answer the question. The genetic footprint I'm talking about is not literal footprint. What I simply mean is that as I'm showing this picture on the screen, you're looking at codes. Over here on my, um, you see my cursor, I'm, I'm pointing to Q3. This Q3, this letter and this number represents a haplo group. And a summary definition of what a haplo group is, is a code for a genetic mutation that has occurred within a population of people. Okay, you have haplotypes which are the mutations themselves, and then you have the haplogroup, which are people who share that same mutation. So we speak of haplogroups in terms of genetic populations. All right. Now, these mutations occur very slowly over long periods of time. And the haplogroup is speaking about one of two things, your paternal lineage or your maternal lineage. And the reason why that is is because both of those uh, um uh, genetic systems change very slowly they do not recombine like your autosomal dna like your nuclear dna does okay everybody's dna tells at least three stories as i mentioned earlier one story paternal lineage story two maternal lineage story three autosomal mixture admixture they refer to it as your admixture this is where you get those percentages from all three of these tell three different stories you got to know all three stories to tell the story to tell to to uh paint the picture so what i'm showing and what i meant by genetic footprint is that over here in africa you have people over here in africa let's let's take haplogroup a these people have haplogroup a all right they have a certain mutation uh genetic variance in their system in their genes as time goes on and as this population migrates out of africa they go through changes over periods of time. These changes occur through uh, natural pressures, pressures in the natural environment on the genes that cause them to express things differently. Okay, it's, it happens very slowly though. All right, diet and other factors come into play that, that will cause genes to express themselves differently and mutate. These mutations are picked up and 
certain populations become isolated and intermix with each other to the point where they become distinguishable from the previous population that they came out of. Simple as that. So as time goes on and as people move around the planet, these mutations or the environment is causing different mutations to occur. So by the time you get over here in, in, the, in the America, in the Americas, South America to be specific, you now have a genetic variance that these people over here in Africa do not have. They don't have the same genetic variance as these people over here. And because of that, we can now distinguish these people from these people. Okay? That's what I mean by genetic footprint. So I'm saying these people do not have the exact same genetic footprint as these people over here in Africa. I can't make it any plainer than that. That's what I'm talking about. I hope people people follow that. Hmm. Nah, they're gonna act like you ain't said. I mean, the person, uh, uh, Vortex TV two, may feel that way. But like I said, as a teacher, I'm talking to everybody, so uh, other people will get it, and that's fine. Uh, let me see here. Let me show y'all mine. Let me show y'all something while we doing it. I'll show you my wish comment real fast. I'll get it. And uh, Vortex Media too. I'm gonna. Uh, uh, I want to see you, and you can tag my name. Where UNESCO said that that. Uh, matter of fact, I took a screenshot. Where was it at? Can't find it now, but I have it, and I want. I want to uh, see the article. Yeah, according to Net UNESCO, there's no genetic difference in human beings on the molecular level, only phenotype. What I'm showing right here on the screen completely refutes that statement right there. What you're looking at is not a phenotypical map. It's not a map based on phenotypes. <laughs> this is called this is a map based on haplotypes, haplogroups. There's a difference between haplogroups and phenotypes or haplotypes and phenotypes. Please, please. Look up haplotypes and look up phenotypes and then understand the difference between the two. The map I'm showing here completely refutes that statement. Just this map alone. Matter of fact, Unk and I can can refute that even further. All Unk has to do is show his uh, haplogroup, his paternal haplogroup, and I show mine. And the fact that it's different proves that statement wrong right there as well i'm going to show mine real quick while we pounded them through the concrete pound 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 nobody's showing evidence have y'all noticed that we're not doing that ladies and gentlemen they refuse to show the evidence yes they do i'm trying to catch up to the um to the comments i scrolled up too far okay hold on let me let me uh, keep that up there let me share your uh what's that all right, hold up one second. Let me get you on here. All right, there you go. The predicted mitochondrial DNA hybrid group for Robert West, that'd be me, is L3. Population studies to date have found the mitochondrial hybrid group L3 is found in the highest concentration in Somalia, East Africa. The distribution of mitochondrial DNA hybrid group is as follows. Somali, 70.33%. Yeah. Nigeria's. Uh, 
66.68%. Curry in Lake Chad, Africa, 66.7%. Uh, the Fluby in West Africa, 634 The Kikulu in East, what is that? East Africa, 6253 The The, the Maasai in Chad Basin, 61%. The Kul to Kul in Lake Chad, 60.3%. What is that? What's that? The, the flying in Lake Chad, sixty percent. We go right here. Give the percentages right here. Why y'all playing? All right, hold up, hold up. Right, scroll, scroll back up. All right, so, so listen. So now it it clearly says exactly what I said earlier. I said our DNA tells at least three stories. So if you look at um Unk's um result right here, it says that your mitochondria dna which is one of the stories is l3 so let me pull up hold up keep keep that up um, let me I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the uh, mitochondria map because i'm gonna show everybody where l3 is uh give me a hey, second everybody wanna play with aunt y'all wanna play with aunt y'all <laughs> i'm all up over there now don't wanna play with me don't do it all right so now what i have on the screen is the mitochondria haplo group map okay and uh, hopefully everybody can see it big enough. And you see that L0 over here on the continent of Africa, you have L0, L1, L2, L3. So it's saying, clearly saying that Unk's maternal lineage, his most recent genetic mutation uh, on his maternal line lineage is L3. So he comes from that lineage yeah all right and then it goes on to say it goes on to break down uh the distribution of his uh percentages and remember i said that when people share their percentages you see people get 23 andme test results and then they share it on facebook and stuff like that they show those percentages that is only one part of one of three parts of the store of the whole story that is only showing your nuclear dna and the admixture those are called admixture results and what that is saying is how much of your nuclear DNA is shared by what genetic population today. <laughs> so if you are 70%, so they'll say 70% 70 of your DNA may be shared with the people who are, are located in, let's just say, Somalia or located in uh, Burkani Faso. Yeah, yeah. Or located in Sierra Leone or located in West Africa. They may broaden it into a region instead of a specific country and so on and so forth. All right. And they can only do this by comparing your DNA with the DNA that they have in their reference database. And so depending on the company you go to, different companies will have different reference databases. So Dr. Rick Kittles, the doctor that we interviewed, uh, the African-American black uh, geneticist uh, is a partner uh, and CEO or, or um, uh, owner or founder of AfricanAncestry.com they have the largest reference database of Africans period and so your results will only reflect the quality of your reference database alright so I just want to repeat that Unks um, um uh, maternal haplogroup is L3. All right, let me go to my uh, to my um, my paternal. Okay, and while you while you do that, uh, Kwame um, Palavin 
He said he starts his sentence off with fact. See, this is this is how you know the level of maturity that somebody has. <laughs> he starts off the sentence with fact instead instead of letting the sentence speak for itself. But he says fact. Your DNA, Wujao, was never sequenced. Fact. <laughs> this brother act like acts like he knows me. <laughs> or, what do you mean? What? Or, is, what? Or, or or knows whether my DNA has been sequenced or not, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, when when I'm confronted with stuff like that, this is when I don't take people seriously, you know. And with all due respect, I can't, I, you know, I don't waste my time with that. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not you know I'm not here for that. You know, that's not that's not in my that's not my cup of tea. I don't, you know, I only take, I deal with serious uh, questions. I'm, I'm, I look for fruitful conversations, um, progressive information, people that can share stuff, people that can show that they are proficient in something, at least taking time out to research. But when people say things like that and like the things they've been saying kind of in the chat all, all night, I just, I just got to ignore them. So um, in other words, you know, I, I, I just don't deal with that. <laughs> I mean that's that's when I just shut off. I mean, you know, everybody got their thing. That's just not my thing, you know. <laughs> that's my thing to bash y'all up. Y'all lucky. Look here. I I live and breathe off of that. I enjoy smash you through the concrete. I mean, hard head. Like my father said, hard head makes all behind. Let me share screen see mm, screen share this real quick. Here you go. Here you go. All right. Uh, keep that up. Let me, let me share it. Let me get that on the screen. All right. So this is your, uh, go ahead. Wow. Detective. Why? DNA hollow group for Robert West is E. Medium prediction. Population. Studies to date have found that the Y DNA hollow group E is found in the highest concentration in the can speakers in the Kaba. Ka, I think, I think that's Kaba. Ghana distribution of our E is as follows. A can speakers Ghana 100%. See, uh, the Bakara, I'm saying right, the Bakaka in Cameroon 100%. The Fawn in Benin 100%. Uh, Senegal 98.56%. Sub Saharan West African 98.4%. The Gola. Uh-huh. In Africa, 97.88%. The Cannes speakers, Ghana, 96%. And the Game speakers in Woom Cameroon, 96%. Yeah, here we go. It's all right there, y'all. There you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so scroll back up. So let's 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 explain it this one. So that was your maternal uh earlier, L3, which uh -huh. which is a haplogroup that a mutation that occurred in Africa on the continent of Africa. All right. Uh -huh. And now your paternal, so let me let me show the uh, paternal haplogroup map. So here's the paternal haplogroup map. And so uh, the paternal haplogroup, your paternal haplogroup is E. Okay, mm -hmm. so so you're part of a major um, group because you have subgroups. So we have these subnumbers, E2, E3, etc. So E, if you look on the map here, E is right here in Africa as well. As a matter of fact, E on the paternal side, as far as geographical location, is um uh, closely located near where l3 was all right so i want everybody to understand that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Yeah, man. But see, that's easy work, man. See, y'all talking. Everybody just want to be talking, man. Everybody talking. Where them Indians at, man? So remember, if you're eat. Indian and you know it, put your hands in there. If you're an Indian, you know it, put your hands in there. Put your feathers up. Put your feathers up. Yeah. All right. So the thing is, is that anybody, anybody that say otherwise, produce your your DNA uh, test. Have your DNA analyzed, and learn what your results are saying. Learn what they're actually saying, and then let's have a conversation about it. Yo said you need to give an absolute number, man. Look, man, that see this is what we can't do with me, right? What you can't do with me is you can't keep asking me to prove it and I prove it, then you ask me to prove more and I prove it, and you're not presenting anything. So this, from, so from this point on, for all other shows from this point on, right? Chief Holiday, Broken Feather, Broke Back, right? You need to supply me with some physical evidence that I can read and study. Uh, Kwame, need to change that name. Pavilion, I'm saying it right. Pavilion, yeah, is that it? Pal, what's that? Pal Lavian, whatever the hell that is, right? You need to supply me with some uh, evidence. Uh, you know what I'm saying? To back your claim, I need to read it. Need to baby, sit down with a cup of coffee, cup of tea early in the morning, and decipher that. The same with you, Lex. I need the evidence, man. I'm no longer. I will no longer deal with y'all. And to y'all, give me the same amount of respect that I'm giving y'all with supplying you evidence. I gave my whole DNA test. All right. So and to y'all can at least, you know, match up with and, and, and match me. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm not doing it. All right. I'm just letting y'all know, man. Let y'all know. Plain and simple. We're not going to play this game where that's all we do is pound y'all through the concrete because that's what's happening, man. Yep. All right, so let's summarize. Let's summarize uh, uh, the show. So, so earlier, the title of our show was "How do you correct our elder scholars?" All right, and the reason why we we even chose that as a topic is because in our communities, there's people on both sides of that that may feel a, feel away. Uh, one people may may um, personality personally worship elder scholars so much so to the point where they feel that they can't be corrected and that any correction is disrespect okay so that's false so we want to kind of discuss that and, and that's not that's not true um the nature of scholarship itself is such a way where um you understand by jumping into the game of scholarship that you are going to be critiqued and scrutinized and that your work is going to be um, um you know put through the test and so it w it makes no sense whatsoever for a scholar to get upset at being scrutinized and critiqued or questioned. All right, that that would be that would be analogous to a football player being mad for being uh, touched in in uh, NFL football. All right, um, you get into the game, you understand what's what, what's at stake and what's going to happen. So the same thing with scholarship. People just got to understand that. All right, now I understand that some people may have not gone through um college or what have you and stuff like that but you have to understand how scholarship is done and 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 what you're getting involved with when you do it okay so what we were saying was that uh scholars um like everybody else we have limits we have strengths and weaknesses we have limitations we have handicaps all right um we we can make mistakes we don't want to but we can and sometimes mistakes happen and so when a scholar 
documents their conclusions and their work, they are there. They are taking a snapshot of a process. They are making a still frame out of an ongoing process. Always remember that as time moves forward, when you take a picture, you're actually freezing time for that moment. But time continues. And when a scholar writes down his conclusions, he is writing it down based on the evidence and information that he has collected and has uh, pursued and, and done the knowledge on at that moment in time. And he records it and shares it with the public. All right. Two, ten years later, a year later, two years, ten years later, new information may come up. New new devices may be invented for us to explore something further, et cetera, et cetera, that may render that previous scholars work obsolete. In total or partial, something the scholar said may be may no longer be true or his entire conclusion may be wrong or especially if his foundation is wrong, that means his or his premise is wrong. Then that means his conclusion is wrong or or obsolete. So you have to understand that. So then uh, the next thing we discuss is, OK, how do we go about correcting our elder scholars with respect? So one thing I pointed out was that you have to at least start off with uh, demonstrating that the fact that you understand what is being said, what is being argued, and you want to avoid the straw man thing. You don't want to mischaracterize what somebody says. This goes for anybody, but especially our elder scholars. If you're trying to correct them, you have to demonstrate that you understand what they said first. Then you move forward to um, correct them. All right. So that's one thing I brought up. And then Unc uh, brought up uh, the point of, um, you know, people taking a topic and running with it, <laughs> diverting with it. Because, you know, use this post as, as an example of, of the boat, the 8,000 year old boat. Um, people are reading and projecting into something that Unc didn't even say. And they start arguing against something that they that he never said. Oh, game you know? of bone. And things like that. So we have to be careful with that. If we're going to have really good, fruitful conversations. We got to we got to learn how to communicate. And that's another thing I point out. Reading comprehension, listening comprehension, some basic skills, man. We really need to get back to the basics, you know, and we got to lose the immaturity, lose the bad character, you know, stop saying things just just for saying things like that's 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 old. That's like 1990s. That's that's 2000s type stuff. You know, been there, done that when you just say stuff. You know, now we live in an age you got to demonstrate, show evidence, back up what you're saying, at least try to with something. And then we showed uh, the logical fallacy of of um, appeal to authority just because somebody else says something does not automatically make it true. All right. It goes beyond that. That's the. That's, huh? <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a finish. I'm gonna go ahead and bury you up real quick and finish you off there real fast there, brother, Mr. Powey, Kwame Powey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I, he, he's like off. I mean, he, I'll just turn his switch off. So, so, um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of summar, summarize, you know, our, our uh, discussion. And then, you know, we went into, to, you know, some more specific things, which brought us to the point we're at now, where you got people who are saying that DNA and genetics is a bunch of nonsense. I'm talking crap. Unk's talking crap. We can't prove evolution. Evolution don't exist. We were the first people over here in America. These are all just the same repeated claims over and over again. Never, 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 ever produce uh, evidence. And then when people, people like that try to produce evidence, they produce something that they don't even understand. It don't even back up what they're saying. And, and a lot of times it actually refutes what they're saying. They just don't know it. 
<laughs> and it's crazy. Well, hold, on, hold on, let me show you this. Watch this. He said, this is what he said. Look, let me tell you what he said. He boomerang daggered himself. Look. Let me find you. Hold on. Hold on there, buddy. But partner. Hold on. Um crappy scholarship. I'm I'm starting to believe that's a white person. A white person or a black person in white face. I'm starting to think that. He said they don't use that DNA. He said, dude, that sample you're trotting out is so small as not all right, not that. Okay, man. This Black blockchain technology, you ain't using them here. Damn it. Damn. Essentially, I want to read directly what he was saying. He was saying that the DNA used in forensics is not sequenced. Yeah, he said the DNA in, in the court on, on a paternity test. Where's that coming at? You got it? I'm going to quote the full right. Uh, I saw it. I, I'm scrolling. Damn it. Because we only know, first of all, we need to get a definition of sequence while you look for that. Definition for sequencing. DNA sequencing is the process of determining the precise order of the nucleotides within a DNA molecule. <laughs> Let me come down to here. Knowledge of DNA sequencing has become indispensable, right, <laughs> for basic biological research and in numerous applied fields such as medical diagnosis, uh, biotechnology, and forensics. <laughs> Forensic biology, okay. Okay, okay. Then we come to an article. Go to Google Scholar, sequencing, forensics analysis, and genetic analysis. <laughs> You're just stupid, yo. Well, hold up, but check this out. All right, so at, at, at see, there there is a certain threshold <laughs> There's a certain threshold that we that we meet where we have to flip the switch, okay? So anytime somebody's going to come on here and try to say that the DNA that's used in court is never sequenced, <laughs> we have to have a threshold and a line that's crossed where we just got to actually just chalk them <sighs> off as a lost cause because <laughs> the question then becomes how how is how is paternity and maternity or parent parenting um, determined if the DNA is not sequenced? How do you determine uh, relationships, genetic relationships between a child and its parents? Because the DNA is sequenced, man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, at, at this point, we're in 2018. <laughs> See that? That comment, that comment around about 1990, that that comment would have been would have been like a big thing for us to be like, oh, for real, oh, I never thought about that. Oh man, that's some deep stuff. Oh man, but listen, in 2018, we're in 2018 now. That comment is just completely, it's just, uh, um, I mean, it's just not even worth uh, um, um, going into at all so i you know i don't want that to be even a distraction like you know it's like see certain people it's like man we gotta we gotta listen we gotta move forward we can't go back some people want to set us back and reduce the quality of the information and stuff like that so we get into a back and forth thing about whether or not dna is sequenced for parenthood <laughs> i mean come on now 
Who does that? All right. And plus and plus, you know, we need maturity around here. You know what I'm saying? So 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 I, I got to ignore. So anyway, I'm done for the night. You know, it's 1223. Yeah, yeah, you won on that one. Yo. You, yeah, yo. yeah, my, I broke my rule. Yo. I'm no longer responding to y'all fools. To y'all fine. <laughs> to y'all, y'all say do some research. Scientists, pre man, go ahead, man, man. Now you done, son. Matter of fact, matter of fact, um, Kaba, next time we come in here, yo, kick him out. Yeah, kick him out. Next time, Kaba, next time he come in and start talking and asking questions, those people that I just named, if they don't supply documents, right, next time they start talking, kick them out immediately. Yeah, out of there, you're done. Okay, one yeah. second. This is a, a question everybody can learn from. What is a genetic marker? So, so now watch, hold up, Unc, let me do, uh, I'm going to walk, I'm going to slow walk this person. So this is coming from Vortex Media 2. What is a genetic marker? Is that not a respectful question? Yes, that's, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be a respectful or disrespectful question. It's a question. So Wait a minute, hold on. You do realize he's one of the guys, right? No, it doesn't. Supply us yeah. with, they ain't doing it, but they still ask some more questions. Yeah, but that that's, I see, that's why I prep prep this by saying everybody can learn from this question so i'm not see that's what i'm saying i don't i oh, know go ahead i'm yeah. just i just want to i just want to note that you know how white people didn't know everything i want to note that <laughs> yeah now i lost the uh question where the question go okay now, he said what is dna marker okay and i lost it wherever it was all right so anyway um mm -hmm. man the question disappeared Lex, oh, no. oh, it's right here. Oh, who do they you delete the comment? Oh, Kyber delete the comment. <laughs> All right, it went away. No, no, no. Let's let's no. Let's um. I mean, like I said, this is this is uh. No, no, teachable. I wasn't saying no answer. I just want to notate that they're one of the groups of people who 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 will be to supply evidence based off their statement. And you now use it. Why use it? He talked about UNESCO. Remember? Yeah, but that he 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 has to get that to us. So so that's a, that's something. But the question is, what is a genetic marker? And and so this is what I challenge everybody to do um, on questions like that, right? Um, first, look it up yourself. Find you know look up. I mean, we have access to the internet now, right? So at least do that, because what happens is people will ask a question just to put you to work, just to make just to make it seem like you're doing something or they asking something of substance. And it's really not. All right. But I want people to look up, look up what a genetic marker is. Mm -hmm. Just look it up. Just type in uh, just type in that exact thing. What is a genetic marker? Just type that in and somebody copy and paste it in the chat right now. And let's 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 see how easy it is. See, I can't share. I can't I can't look it up and share my screen on that. Um, but uh, let's 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 watch how easy this is to find out what a genetic marker is. Let's go through the process together. Let's go through the process <laughs> together, everybody. Uh, what is a genetic marker? Can somebody pull that up? Can somebody just uh, Google that? Let me pull it up. Yeah, type in what is a genetic marker. I got you. <laughs> hey man, make sure that genetic marker is sequenced, yo. Yep, all you gotta do is just uh type in what is a genetic marker. Let's go, let's yeah, let's go through this together. This this is gonna be our last thing. This is gonna be, you know, just 
we'll, we'll walk through this together. Appreciate the question. You know, white man markers, genetic marker. We're going to genetic marker National Human Genome Research Institute. And once again, we're going to the National Human Genome Research Institute. You want to say the screen? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, uh, uh, brother, uh, any uh, Heret, uh, he he quote he uh typed it in, so you still share your screen. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share it. Yeah. All right, one second. The replicable replicable website there for y'all. All right, so this is from the National uh, Human Genome Research Institute (NIH). All right, so it says genetic marker. Now, Unc, how how long did it take you to look that up just now? Two seconds. Okay, about two seconds, y'all. Yeah. All right, two seconds. Okay. So it says genetic marker. A genetic marker is a DNA sequence. What? Let's start over again. A genetic marker is a DNA sequence with a known physical location on a chromosome. Genetic markers can help link an inherited disease with the mm -hmm. responsible gene. Mm -hmm. DNA segments close to each other on a chromosome tend to be inherited together. Genetic markers are used to track the inheritance of a nearby gene that has mm. not yet been identified, but whose approximate location is known. The genetic marker itself may be a part of a gene or may have no known function. Mm -hmm. All right. See how easy that was? Mm -hmm. So that is what a genetic marker is. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let's hear the PhD. Let's see if we play that. Don't play your lucky. Damn. Oh, I know why. I know why. So I just want everybody to know that that is what a genetic marker is. And it took all every bit of 10 seconds for Unc to pull it up. And want people to understand uh, and be a part of the process of looking things up. Now, we could pull out books and scholarly uh, journals and things like that. But, yeah. you know, the first things is, is first line of access is, you know, you just search for it. You don't stop here if you want, you know, if it's a pressing issue or whatnot. You don't, you don't just stop here. All right. So that's what a DNA. Now, I don't know why the brother asked or what he wanted to know, like where he was going with it. But maybe he could do a follow up question. Like now, now that we know what a genetic marker is. <laughs> um, now what? Next question. Chicken butt. Go around the corner and look it up. <laughs> yep. Next question. Hey, Wuja, that's how crazy they is. Okay, now look. Kwame Palavin says, no. where uh -huh. did they say anything about sequencing 46 chromosomes? Nowhere. Wait, wait. See? But No, not, not for him, but it's just for other people who may be wanting the same thing. So nowhere did they say anything about 46 chromosomes. They didn't, have, they didn't have to. Because remember... You call what matter of fact, I'll do this. Uh, I wish you kept it shared, but uh, look up, look up the definition of SNP SNPs. What SNPs, what? SNPs. Uh, yeah, SNPs, all right, <laughs> genetic SNPs. I want y'all to pay attention now. This is how this is how you know people who uh 
um, ask these questions. Um, really don't understand what they're really asking. They don't understand the information to formulate a um, valid question. National Genome. Uh, methods in discovering and scoring SNPs. Um, sync, sync, uh, you want me to share my screen? Yeah, while you do that, uh, Vortex Television is back. I guess it's Vortex Media 2, same person. So it says, now that we know what a ge genetic marker is, so that was that was a a a, a prep a prep question, which is fine. So let's let's um. There you go. I got it on the screen. Okay. So while he's uh, typing his uh, follow up question, a single nucleotide polymorphism, or plural, single nucleotide polymorphisms, SNPs, single nucle nucleotide polymorphisms are a type of polymorphism involving variation of a single base pair. Mm. Scientists are studying how single nucleotide polymorphisms or SNPs in the human genome correlate with disease, drug response, and other phenotypes. All right. And what I want everybody to know and understand is, or to do is to look on our channel that you're watching right now. Look in our archives. Look at the the interview that we did with Dr. Rick Kittles. A lot of this information uh, he kind of he touches on uh, briefly. And it's a very, very good interview. I think it's about an hour and a half, maybe two hours long. It's, it's definitely worth the watch. So watch it. Learn from it. Come back with some questions and um, so on and so forth. He talks about SNPs. He talks about the, uh, the process of genetic sequencing. He talks about uh, haplogroups. He talks about uh, the, the social construct that we call race. He talks about biological race, if there is such a thing, et cetera, et cetera. He talks about all these things in the interview, and you're hearing it from an expert in the field, all right? And he happens to be an African-American, what we call a black, a black man, all right? So um, definitely listen to the uh, interview and um, come back with some questions. So I'm waiting for this uh, follow-up question, you know. Uh, I don't see it. It says, uh, so you have 46 chromosomes to be sequenced. They don't. They give you a bogus report and you're happy. Okay, this guy clearly doesn't understand. Um, <laughs> you can't, you can't, can't keep talking to him. He doesn't understand. No, I'm, 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 I'm uh, that really, don't mean really, yeah, it, it. This so person good. clearly doesn't understand. Uh, I don't understand uh, what's done and what the reports are saying. It's, and it, and it's you know it's unfortunate though it's unfortunate because it's, because it's, there's other other people that's like that. <laughs> Get him out of here. He's done, son. And it did too much, man. Like won't nobody. You know what I'm saying like all we ask for is evidence, dude. We ain't saying you wrong. We saying you'll prove your point. That, that's the purpose of the Amaral squad, man. So y'all can prove your point, man. Who the hell, who the hell else you going to talk to? Your family members? I don't know what the hell you talking about. Now, educate them. Now he says Rick Kittle's working for a Jew. What does being black oh, have to do with Hell, that? he ain't working for nobody. See, hold on. Let's do a little history of Rick Kittle real fast, yo. He <laughs> has the largest African, he has the largest database for Africans. 
right? On the continent of Africa, I'm going to say this again, Rick Kittles has the largest gene base with African markets in the world. Am I not right or wrong with that? Yep, that's absolutely right. He was the first to do that. Did he not? Yep. Him and his sister is their company. Dr. Rick Kittles and uh, Gina Page. Dr. Gina Page. I believe she's a doctor as well. He said, which bank is he using? Is is you know, hey, hey Kaba, throw him out. I, I promise you, Kaba, throw him out. Please throw him out. Please get him out. Get him out of here. You're out of here, son. You're done, son. You're done. You're done. You're done for the day. You're done. Yeah. You're done. Yeah, you're out of there. Get him out of there, whoop. You're yeah. out of there, bro. Yeah, I'm done for the night, actually. So you now, know. Hold on, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm done for the night, but I want he's done. He won't be done for everybody else, yo. Yo, hit the shower. Hit the road, Jack. Hey, don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. Hey, don't you come back no more. Come on, Kyle, get him out of here, yo. We want to see him. We want to see him ghost out. Black Ice, son. We bringing that back. Black Ice for the rest of the show, bro. Yeah, that dude. Hey, the the, well, the 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 listen, the 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 this man, the uh, what do you call it? I don't even know what to call it, but the Done. but the. But the uh, the um, disappointing thing is that the brother said, what does him being black have anything to do with it? But then turns around and then ask about a bank as if uh, where he where he where he uh, saves his money and where he writes his check from matters. And it matters because the, 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 that's the the canning fodder. He's trying to use the padding he's trying to use. So he okay. won't give us no, no, no references. Here's no a good question. Source. No nothing. Here's a good question from Vortex Music. How how significant is a genetic marker in classifying peoples and race? The answer is that it is not significant. Not at all. Dr. Rick Kittles makes it perfectly clear that race is a social construct. It is not biologically sound at all. And the and the criteria that is that is that is uh, put forth to classify humans human beings into racial categories is a social criteria and rules that do not apply on the biological level. In the biological level, those criterions do not apply whatsoever. So the answer is very simple: the significance is none. Okay, race in and of itself is a social construct and not a biological reality. I'll repeat it. Race is a social construct and not a biological reality. All right. Hope that's clear. 99.9% of humanity is the same. 99.99, that's the difference. One, one, not even a percent, a point. So, so humans genetically are 99.9 the same. Brother Wujai is right. I just hope that's clear to everybody else. And see, that's why I, you know, questions become teaching moments so people can understand and know and, and look it up yourself though. Uh, But as I, as I said before, the race is a social construct and it it has no biological reality. Hey Lex, you 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 on that fence, bro? About to kick you over the fence, yo. Where is UNESCO reference, bro? Just say you don't got it, cause the next question you ask without that reference, you're done, son. You're done for the. Okay, fence. but wait a minute. So so here here is where the problem is. 
So now I know for a fact that the brother will not be able to uh, quote the UNESCO saying what he thinks is saying. So the, the real problem is that he's he doesn't understand what the science is saying because he's saying that that's what he said earlier. And and I, and we were saying he's lying earlier. No, what I'm saying is that you have it wrong. Your statement earlier was just wrong. It's just wrong. The map that I was showing, I'm going to show it again. The map that I'm showing when you made the statement is this map right here. This map right here is showing haplogroups, not phenotypes. Well, I tell you, boy. There is a difference in the biological, on the biological level between human beings. This is, you can make biological distinctions between biological organisms. But what I said again, and I'll repeat it, race is a social construct. Why? Because the criteria to classify people into those races are social rules, social classifications, not biological ones. On the biological side, you can make distinctions. How do we make distinctions between populations? One distinction that is used is called the haplogroups. This is why people have different haplogroups. For example, on the squad, the Amin Ra squad, me and the brother Sanjeti, we have the same paternal haplogroup. What does that mean? That means that my paternal lineage and his paternal lineage goes back to the exact same genetic population. So Sanjeti and I are haplomates. We share the same paternal haplogroup, meaning that my most recent paternal um, haplo or paternal mutation is the same thing that Sanjeti has. Mm. But it's not the same that Unk has. Unk's paternal haplogroup is E. It's different from uh, mine and Sanjeti's. So you can make distinctions between What's that. Group? What's your haplogroup, bro? Um, my uh it's it's two codes you know they have the the um the the new coding that they do is m is m something uh -huh. which is which is un, under the new system of labeling but i i have to get the same one that, that you so you can see this on this map mm. matter of fact i'm gonna pull it up i, I just i can't do it while i'm showing um oh, while, I'm, while i'm broadcasting yeah lex you're done with the question son you're done son you're done you don't provide that proof you're out of there yo next show as soon as you don't provide no proof you're done. You're just done, man. Like, I'm not doing it. That's what I'm going to start doing, Wuja. That's how we get rid of the pseudos. And even if your reference and source is wrong, yo, at, least you, at least you had heart to put it in there. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah, you have and to now, show something. New rule. New rule. You ain't going to question me down to death, yo, without presenting something back. You're just not going to do it. So we're not going to play the game that way. We always got to give uh, uh, Hubble Group maps. Oh, man. Uh, show my DNA test, all oh, the whole nine yards, sources, references, North DNA on North Americans, the everything, and ain't nobody did nothing but talk trash. Now y'all done, son. Trust me with that. Y'all out of there. I dig. Matter of fact, you got people who are willing to volunteer and pay for a kit for some of these people. I, I wish. I wish. That. I wish somebody would have done that for me. I mean, matter of fact, if, if anybody want want uh want to sponsor me for for another another uh test kit with a different company, hey, hit me up. My email, my inbox, whatever. You could do that for me. I I would gladly accept <laughs> some some uh some sponsorship 
to get uh, tested again by a different company, you know. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm pulling I'm pulling up my um, my paternal haplogroup, group and I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. Oh, it's right here. I, I look right at it and, and turned away from it. OK, my my paternal haplogroup group is is E as well, but it's it's E and I'm a part of a subgroup uh, P252. So I'm haplo uh, paternal haplogroup E P252. All right. That's my paternal haplogroup. EP252. And it and you know it explains the whole now. Nah, matter of fact, uh let me go ahead. I'll see if I can share my screen. Um matter of fact, it says your paternal haplogroup EP252 traces back to a man who lived approximately 12,000 years ago. That's 480 generations ago. So this mutation occurred, this mutation shows up in the in the uh, lineage uh, approximately 12,000 years ago on the continent of Africa. All right. So anyway, I guess that uh, brings us to a close. Um, I don't see any more... Um, questions oh wait a minute the judge em132 yeah see everybody calling off their um calling off their their uh haplogroups uh call them out <laughs> em13132 now you know uh the judge um you got yours done with 23 and me right just let me know Hey, <laughs> hey, he said, hey, he said, uh, everything, everything. He said, at least, thank, at least we could thank the trolls for, for uh, making the show longer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, uh, it's, it's the quality though. You know, we, 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 we want to keep our discussions, you know, focused and the quality good where people can learn. Um, you know, we can have fun at the same time, but we can't get too sidetracked by people who don't want to learn like like it's okay like like you know we could tolerate it but when it repeats year after year like this conversation has been going on for quite a while and i don't see any improvement on the other side at all right no they won't read one book on said subject they read the debunk shit <laughs> i don't debunk see any DNA. improvement com. you probably can pull it up <laughs> i see no debunk. improvement no none None at all. And, you know, and we tried to invite uh, Chief, um, uh, what's his name? Chief. Um, Chief Broken Favre on the show. Start talking shit. Yeah, I was Add trying to read the screen name. But, yeah, we, we tried to bring him on the show and um, and the brother did not do very well. And it's okay. I mean, you know, I, I love to talk to the brother again, but he has to do he the, the, name. the homework. He earned the name. He got his feathers broken. That's why we call him Chief Broken Favre now. See, the judge said it was 23andMe. I, I knew that. Now, how I know that is because 23andMe uses the, um, the modern, a different nomenclature for, for the um, haplocodes, uh, which have an equivalent on the other system. There's, there's two main systems you'll, you'll see for these haplocodes. So if, if one throws you off, just look it up. Look up the equivalent in the uh, other system where you have E1B1A and all that stuff, all that. Um, they kind of changed that. And I forgot the two different names of those systems. 
but it doesn't change the mutation it doesn't change doesn't change anything it's just uh you know the coding itself but um all right so anyway i'm, I'm done you know ho hopefully everybody yeah, gets yeah. it all right so listen y'all uh, uh definitely make sure you visit uh sonetta tv awards.com and support the amara squad uh the squad is nominated um as a group we have individuals on the squad that are nominated in various categories myself the brother Jonathan Owens. Uh, so you got Wujau, me, Jonathan Owens, Asar Mhotep, uh, Sister Naya, and Dr. Ma'at. All right. Make sure that you all support. And um, I mean, don't do it just because I say so, of course. But, you know, support. If you follow our work, you enjoy it. I um, hope you all benefit from, from our um, shows. We're going to keep this going. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel share the channel click the notification button the bell make sure you know to get notified because we we jump on anytime as you can see it's thursday we we didn't we just decided to jump on and a lot of times we'll jump on based on the conversation we'll have like because unk i was talking to unk earlier and i told unk i said unk uh you may want to revisit your post that you that you made inside the uh facebook group because people tend to hijack your post or or, or post period and, you know, from there, you know, we went from uh, talking about that to to, you know, some of our elders um, long to see the day for us to carry on their work and to correct them. Like if they're wrong, like elders, you know, real scholars, you don't want to be wrong. So if you happen to be wrong, they definitely want to be corrected. You know, so we have our greats. We have Dr. John Henry Clark. We have Shekhan Dejiop. We have uh, Jacob Carruthers. We have Asa Hilliard. Hilliard. We have uh, Ivan Van Sertima. Um, you know, uh, Francis Cress Welsing. Um, you know, I could name a, a bunch that have that have made transitions. We have our living uh, elder scholars, Dr. Riketi Amen, Dr. Theophilo Benga, um, Muba Benge Bololo, um, Jean Claude Mboli, um, who else? Uh, Arachi, uh, Alan Aslan. You have uh, Malefe uh, Asante. Um, you have, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Karinga, Milana Karinga. Uh, you have Greg Carr, you have Mario Beatty. Matter of, matter of fact, I, f I forgot. And, uh, and man, I can't, I can't, uh, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be crazy if I forgot this weekend in Philly, in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is, uh, forget what year, but is the ASCAT conference. The brother was, uh, uh, Asar. Mhotep of the Amara Squad, as well as the brother Sanjeti of the Amara Squad, they're both giving presentations at they're presenting at the ASCAT conference this weekend. I believe their presentation occurs on on Saturday coming up. So, um, but but you know, check with the brothers. We we'll probably post it around. If you're in the area, support. Go support. There's a, a lot of presentations. ASCAT conferences I have a wealth of information we went to one together when it came when it was done here in Atlanta me Unk the brother Unk uh, Asar came down matter of fact Asar presented at that one as well so Asar is is uh, almost a permanent residence <laughs> resident uh for these ASCAT conferences and everything but I'll show your support um two members. there's two members at the world renowned ASCAT conference I'm just I'm just saying Yes, definitely. Where the pseudo teachers at? <laughs> yeah, we have yeah. to, we have to, we have to support. So, so, um, 
and I would I forgot the to- the topics, but man, the topics are tight. You know how we represent. Uh, so go out support, and hope is hope is videotaped so we can uh share it. And everything. Nah, it'll be videotape. I'm supposed to go and tape it. You know how I taped it before. Ah man. Anyway, look, we out of here, man. We gotta shut this down. We'll jump out of here, man. I know Sister Kyber getting tired, man. She's on a different time thing, man. I appreciate everybody coming in. I see a Masi Clan warrior right there. I see you. I see you, bro. Masi, y'all know what it is, man. Um, you know, everybody that came in and support, man. Make sure y'all uh support the Black Dot Culture Center Bookstore. All right, and the Thonia located right on Main Street. All right. And make sure y'all support Abjuware. Man, y'all know what it is, man. You look. Hey, this is how we doing it. I'm all day, every day with these, man. All day, every day, man. Hey, also support Niggas Footwear. Um, appreciate y'all coming through. Been another one of them great shows. Smash y'all out. And remember this, man. Hey, check this out, man. We don't debate those that's not our equal. All the others we teach, man. I'm a raw squad up, man. Black African power. Hey, man, y'all know what it is, man. I'm in raw squad. Ugh.